Now, Bill, you sent us a text a little while ago before we sat down to record. I hope you don't mind oh, yeah. me sharing it, but I think it sure. will help tee up our episode here. You said we're one There's hour. A spelling mistake. Uh, That's okay. Don't read the spelling mistake. I, I, I got it. Don't worry. I was gonna I was gonna clean it up for you. Don't worry. <laughs> we're one hour away from our conversation, and I'm all nerves. It almost feels like I'm back in college, and I'm standing inside the store waiting for Steve to show up with the diamond delivery for us to break down. I've been flooded with good thoughts and memories over the past few days, and I can't wait to spend the next few hours talking to you guys. That's what you sent to us earlier today. So that's still talk yeah. me through talk me through what you what you've been going through. Oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm getting flustered right now. I you know you know uh, it's hard. This this is uh, you know thinking about it as the end of so to speak. I know it's not the end. Obviously, we we always you know hope to call each other and check in on each other and things like that, but. You know, you put such finality to this. And even in Steve's podcast episode, you were like, no, this is really the end. I think this is the end. And so it's, it's kind of hard, you know. Um, not, it's, not, never, it's not the end. <laughs> it's not the Well, you know, <laughs> like Anthony said, when you decide to open the store, when me and Anthony decide to reopen the store, maybe we can do another podcast. That's the one but, escape hatch that I'm leaving for myself and, I, and for the audience here. If anyone, Steve or otherwise, ever brings back alternate realities, we'll bring back my comic shop history. But otherwise... This is the end. He threw down the gauntlet. No, no, we don't play that. <laughs> I didn't say it as a challenge, but that's, I think that's the one thing that if that happened, then, then there would be new story to tell. But otherwise, look, is there a temptation to keep this going, even if it's just one a year? Of course, of course, there's a part of me that says, oh, we could, we could do a little something here and there. But I think that there's a beauty to having an ending, to putting a bow on this, to saying, hey, we told the story of our crew and now it's time to to wrap it up. And it's it is a little bittersweet, but that's okay. Like it's okay to have that. So again, for all intents and purposes, as far as I'm con- as far as I'm concerned, this is the series finale of my comic shop history. I know Steve is skeptical. I know. I this know. Is, this is the annual finale. <laughs> we should we should actually plan for next year's. This is like that football guy, uh, Brady, retiring. You know, it's like all the new, all the reporters hold up a sign that says "See you next season" after he announces a retirement. Right? It, it's it's this is what the third, fourth finale. <laughs> Look, when we finished the first season, there was a bit of finality to that, but it was also that the store was closing, so I feel like that was justified. And then at the end of season five, that was what I considered at the time the end of the alternate reality saga. That's because I got a little caught up in. Kevin Feige and his MCU and and the phases of the Marvel movies and everything and I was like this is the end of like the Infinity Saga I, that was what was in my head at the time and then then we had the pandemic and then that prompted the longer Halloween run of episodes and then we we kept it going but this this really is it I understand your skepticism though I don't I don't begrudge you that I get why you I get why you would sit there and be like okay I'll see you for the next finale but only time will tell but as far as I'm concerned this this is the end okay this is the end. Wink, wink. It's the end of this show, but as I always like to remind the audience members, we have a lot of other shows in the Flat Squirrel Podcast Network, and Alternate Realities alums pop up on those shows all the time. So if you want to hear more conversations between myself and, and, and the folks you see here, tune in to Digging for Kryptonite and another exciting episode in The Adventures of Superman and the forthcoming Patreon show Beyond Metropolis. There's a lot of stuff out there, and a lot of people have come over to the other shows, which I greatly appreciate. Now listen... Later in the show, I'm going to share some audience comments and questions. We've got a few things that, that I want to talk about, but there's one that stood above the rest that I have to include in our cold open here, because if ever there was something that just, it stood out and it just kind of encapsulated a lot, kind of hearkening back to customer experiences we've had over the years and, and all that. So 
you know, we've been doing this show for eight years and well over a hundred episodes. Uh, we've got, I don't know, 1500 people who follow the Facebook page, which you know, relatively modest in terms of social media numbers, but it's, but it's all good. Sorry, is this including all the Superman stuff or this is just alternate reality? This is just, spots? just my comic shop history. Oh, it's pretty good. So, mm-hmm. well, that's people who like the page, not necessarily <clears throat> listeners, <laughs> but nevertheless. So I put the call out. I'm like, all right, we're recording the finale soon. Any, any final comments or questions? And we got a few. And again, I'll share the others later. But there was one from a gentleman. And look, this is public, so I'll share the name. And I don't say this to put anyone on blast. It just, it so struck me. Uh, a gentleman named Mark. Uh, and he commented, he said, you guys had a series going with four question marks. And that to me, I think that was my favorite comment out of all of this as we prepare for the series finale. <laughs> you guys had a show. And I say to myself, and I, I wrote to him, I said, I'm not sure if you're teasing or seriously asking, but yes, you know, we've, we've had this show since 2015, but I just thought in this moment where I'm like, all right, guys, share everything that you've loved about this podcast. Someone's like, you had a podcast. What podcast? <laughs> what podcast? I love it. No commentary, Steve. I thought you would have had something. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking... <clears throat> There's a, well, there's an old TV commercial about that, but I can't remember what it was. I'm just trying to remember. Uh, well, this right. guy has a lot of <laughs> catching up to do. Anyway, it's let me put it this way. We might have at least one new audience member tuning in, and this could be the series finale could be their first episode. So make sure we keep everything nice and accessible and give context for everything because <laughs> you never know. Are we recording right now? We are recording. Oh. <laughs> That, I, thought, I thought this was still, don't say anything that's good for the show. No, that's why when I tossed it to you, I, I was waiting for a sco zinger about, oh. about the nature of humanity, and you coughed and you motioned to Rich, and that was it. No, I, I thought I'd pass the ball to Rich and let him come in. Yeah. Yeah. The elder statement. Yeah. So, Steve, are we bringing the plane in for landing? <laughs> flaps up, flaps down, I don't remember. <laughs> Yes, we're recording now. Oh, okay. As far as other little bits of business before we officially begin, I called Jay Mizell yesterday. It was his birthday. It was his birthday, yes. I forgot. To, well, yeah. I didn't forget. I just didn't have the time. But yeah, it was 60, no, 87th? 87th birthday. Right? I'd have to double check the math, but that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, I got him, though. He picked up on the second ring mm-hmm. and sounded good overall, but definitely in terms of kind of his words failing, this was one of the more pronounced instances of that. Mm. And no, not to bring this down, but, you know, of course, I said, how are you doing and all of that? And he, he did share he's been depressed, which, of course, you know, is natural, normal, normal part of all of this. But I told him we always are all thinking of him and everybody asks about him. And I said, tomorrow, I said, I'm getting together with Steve and Rich and Bill and we're doing the last Alternate Realities podcast. And he said, that's fantastic. And the only thing that made me a little sad about that is that wasn't Classic Jay because Classic Jay would have been like. What is, that bu- what is that bullshit? So, <laughs> so it was a little bittersweet. <laughs> yeah, normally it was a podcast. So we always think of Jay Mizell. We love Jay. Uh, listen, as far as phone calls, other phone calls, this has been hanging over me since we started this podcast, the notion of trying to get Jeff Wong on the show. I've tried. And earlier this week, I, I sent him a text message because I have, I wasn't positive if it was actually his phone number. It is, but I wasn't sure. I, I must have gotten it I can't, I don't know if I ever got it from him directly or from his file at the store. Anyway, I've had this phone number for Jeff. Earlier in the week, I texted him, no response. Uh, the other night, I, I just called him and uh, he, he did not pick up. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Jeff Wong. Is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options.
Hey, Jeff, this is Anthony from Alternate Realities. I sent you a text, but I just wanted to follow up. Uh, I hope you're doing well. It's been so many years. Uh, I just wanted to reach out because I've been doing a podcast about alternate realities, and it's our last episode. A ton of people have been asking about you over the years, uh, and I would just love to know how you are and what you've been up to. So uh, if you want to give me a call back, we could chat for a few minutes, uh, or you can text me back. Totally up to you. Um, either way, I hope all is well. Take care. And I, and I haven't heard anything. So here's the thing to the audience. And I wish I could say, oh, this is a bit, and now he's actually <laughs> going to be on. It's not. And it breaks my heart because... That's one of those things, like if I were just a listener of the show and I had followed all of these stories and the documentaries and stuff, that would be one of the things on my list. It's on my list as host, but like as an audience member, it'd be like, oh, we got to hear from Jeff Long. I just don't think it was in the cards. Well, you're a friend of his on Or Facebook. you're setting Facebook, us up. Right? No, I'm not setting us up. Bill, <clears throat> Bill, Bill is friends with him on Facebook. Uh, are you? Okay. I, I know. Because I, I looked him up once and I saw that one of you guys was a friend of his. Do you remember the time we went to... Uh wasn't pizza and brew maybe it was tgi fridays or something he got us in there and he got us the big discount you know we all get steaks and like two minutes into eating the entree he goes oh yeah last night things were bad the toilets overflowed all the bus boys had to go clean out the place <laughs> yeah the wildest stories about just everyday life in general but certainly working at fridays there was a knife fight i remember yeah. that he was involved in at fighting <laughs> Oh, man, one day. See, yeah. that's the reason to have uh, another season of Alternate Realities, if he gets in touch with you. All right. Well, audience, I tried. I tried with, with Jeff Wong. But in any event, uh, he's with us in spirit. <laughs> and a larger-than-life character within the lore of Alternate Realities. All right, guys. Should we do this? All right. Ready. Here we go. Previously on My Comic Shop History, in early 2015, Steve Odo, owner of Alternate Realities in Scarsdale, New York, announced that the comic book store would close after 23 years in operation. That spring, as the store was being dismantled, a community united to say farewell, and this podcast was born. Almost a decade later, My Comic Shop History has journeyed to other comic shops and conventions, spawned a documentary film, and inspired a whole network of podcasts. But everything has its season, and the time has come to bid the store and this podcast farewell. Join us now for one last alternate realities reunion in the series finale of My Comic Shop History. Welcome to the series finale of My Comic Shop History. I'm your host, Anthony Desiato. This is For All Seasons, Chapter 4, Fall. And for our swan song, I am joined by a trio of alternate realities, legends, absolute legends. To my right, on my computer screen, all the way from New Mexico, longtime employee of alternate realities, Dr. Bill Mayo. Welcome. Hey, guys. I'm so glad to uh, be present for this finale episode. I'm sorry I'm not there in person. Hey, I'm glad that we were able to get you here at all, so it's totally fine. And now, here in Flat Squirrel Studios, across from me, the beloved elder statesman of alternate realities, the spirit of friendship and fun personified, the ever-mysterious Rich Roney. Welcome. 
Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. And to my left, the co-founder, longtime owner, and closer of Alternate Realities, Steve Odo. Welcome. Thank you very much for having us. I can't wait to do the next one. <laughs> <laughs> like we said in our little preamble, this really is the, the finale to this podcast series. Short of someone bringing the store back, whether it's you or someone else, which... I don't think any of us really foresee that happening. <laughs> I, I, this really will be it. But if that ever happens, we'll we'll bring the podcast back. But otherwise, this is this is the, the the end the end of the road for this podcast. The store exists. It still exists. Uh, my my eBay thing is Alternate Realities two point That's, that's the uh, the username. So in in a sense, it still exists. It's all the same merchandise. <laughs> so it just transported from Scarsdale to Connecticut. It, so, uh, but you're not Super Odo anymore. You changed it. Uh, I guess somebody did. I guess it must have been me. But again, it's one of those things where I just don't know. <laughs> Who else has access? I don't know. Yeah. It's just one of those things. It's like suddenly it's like, wow, I guess I have a store. And, and it's listed as Alternate Realities 2.0. So it's like, okay. So, Bill, let me well, ask, let me toss that to you. What is your re- When Steve says, no, the store still exists and disca- it describes how it exists in this eBay form. I guess, how, did, what is, how does that resonate with you? Oh, I think that's okay. I think my longing for the store really becomes a longing for like that time of my life, you know? And so the store is not there anymore. And I don't think it's going to be uh, resurrected as 2.0 online, but I'm glad to know that you're still diligently selling the inventory. Do you have any sense? Are there former customers who've been buying from you on eBay? Uh, uh, one, or, one or two, one or two. And th- those are the guys that since they're, they're local, I'll take it and I say, don't don't pay uh, uh, with uh, uh, shipping. Shipping, yeah. I'll take it down to uh, oh yeah, and I'll drop it off with uh, Mark, and because they'll they'll be his customers or something, and he just passes it on to them. Save a little shipping. In fact, sometimes I, I say, "Don't buy this. We'll cancel it. And I'll just give it to you." <laughs> Ever the astute financial manager. <laughs> this retail. I never got retail down right. <laughs> No, that's that's quite all right. But yeah, I mean, I would certainly say for any audience members who want want a, a piece of classic alternate realities merchandise, well, they should got, they should go. Bill's got the best. Uh, he's got the neon signs, you know. So the, that's the best uh, of the. Uh, oh, he's, look at those signs! <laughs> yeah, I mean, he fixed them. Remember, like one of them didn't work. Which one was it? Comics didn't never work. I think stuff. Stuff never I think worked. Stuff. They all light up now, but I don't have them hooked up at the moment. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Now I'm so glad that you have those. So yeah. we're here, obviously, for the series finale. One of the, one of the first things I wanted to ask you guys, because we, we've all watched our fair share of television over the years, series finales can be tricky. There are some shows that really stick the landing. They're able to deliver something that feels special and provide some closure while also feeling like part of what's come before. That's certainly my aim for what we're doing here today. Then there are other f- finales that just kind of go off on a weird direction or drop the ball or don't pay off kind of what, what they've set up over the, over the course of the show. So there's always a mix. Uh, you guys know the, the finale that I'm going to cite in a moment, but I wanted to toss it to you guys first. When you think of television series finales that you've experienced in your time, what are the ones that really stand out to you in, in either a positive or negative way? Steve, I know this might be tricky for you because often I, I know you don't watch the series finales because you like knowing that there's never, something out there you haven't seen. I don't want to say I've never seen a season finale of a series finale. But, um, well, uh, we'll toss it to Rich uh, first. Toss it to Rich. He, he'll, he'll cover all those westerns from the 1950s. No, I'll say cheers. When, when you spoke about this, 
Cheers, Cheers, and Mash were two that I remember watching, and it was very, very touching on a heart level. Uh, each of them, I think, to use your words, nailed the landing. They nailed the landing, and they were. It, it put a smile on your face. So I, those are the first two that immediately came to mind. Awesome. What about you, Bill? I was been very partial to the Seinfeld ending. I know some people don't like it. I love how it, you know, had the cast of characters again during the trial scene. But then I also love them in jail having a conversation that was the first conversation they ever had at the in the show. And so I think that was a, a really nice self-referential thing. Uh, so I think they nailed the ending in some respects. Although I think that's controversial to say. Yeah, that one, people are very split on that one. I've, I've never watched yeah. it, but I know of it. Another one that I know people have very strong feelings on is the Sopranos ending. Have any of you guys oh watched that? Yeah. I, I just saw, I never watched the show. Come on. Yeah, I mean, that was... I loved it. I thought it was a great... But yeah. I, I also didn't watch it live. And that's the thing. I can appreciate someone watching that live, right? And then it just cuts out and you think something's wrong with your TV. I could see how that could be frustrating. But going and knowing what it was... <laughs> I, and Bill, to your point, it's like, yeah, he probably did get whacked. But but the thing is, it, whether it was in that moment or at another point or it was just something that was always hanging over him, either way, I think the, the that ending allows you to kind of use your imagination. I, I always thought that yeah. was a great one. I know people, I like that a lot of people don't feel that way. What about you, Steve? Any any finales come to mind? Even just a series finale you watched, even if you don't have an opinion <laughs> on it. <laughs> no, I mean, there are what, a lot of finales. What about West Wing? You never watched it? Uh, no, I did. I did finally. Oh, you did. Yeah, uh, there there are a lot of shows that you know you love the show, and then the 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 finale is a bit of a disappointment or leaves you hanging, like like the Cheers one. I was a little disappointed with that one because I always loved the the, the fact that the Sam and Diana they might not they maybe shouldn't be together, but I like the fact that they almost ha- almost got together, and then at the very end, uh, well, spoiler. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> I think enough time has passed. Yeah. Yeah. At, <laughs> Thirty years later, at yeah, the very in. end, when Sam's in the bar by himself, and somebody knocks on the door, but he says we're closed. I thought, wouldn't it be great if she came back? You know, decided to turn around from California and come back to get him, and we leave it at that. So there was always that hope and the possibility that they did find happiness together. That's what I was hoping for with Cheers, and I was disappointed with that. Um, well, you're ever the romantic, so I'm not surprised. Now yeah. I've. I've only ever seen episodes here and there. I never watched all of Cheers, but I am familiar with the ending. And from what little I know about the show, I feel like that was appropriate because wasn't the idea, and Rich, you could maybe speak to this, is the idea that the bar is the true love, right? right. And that's kind of that place yes. where he'll, yeah. That, that's, that's, that's the idea, but I guess I was hoping. I know. Yeah. But the one that I want to cite, and you guys know where I'm going with this, there's more business for us to do with this later, but I, I want to share this first piece now, is Scrubs. So Scrubs ran for nine seasons on NBC and then ABC. The ninth season was really its own thing. It was meant to be a spinoff, but it ended up being season nine of the show and we focus on med school. But really the end of season eight was the end of the show that we had watched for eight seasons and so much so that it was called My Finale. And we don't even need much in the way of setup other than to say that the main character, JD, played by Zach Braff, uh, it was his last day at the hospital. He was going to work at a different hospital to be closer to his son. So he's taking his final walk through through the halls of Sacred Heart. And he thinks to himself, and I, I, I shall quote, endings are never easy. I always build them up so much in my head they can't possibly live up to my expectations and I just end up disappointed. I'm not even sure why it matters to me so much how things end here. I guess it's because we all want to believe that what we do is very important, that people hang on to our every word. The truth is, you should consider yourself lucky if you even occasionally get to make someone, anyone, feel a little better. After that, it's all about the people that you let into your life. 
And as my mind drifted to faces I've seen here before, I was taken to memories of family, of co-workers, of lost loves, even of those who've left us. And as I rounded that corner, they all came at me in a wave of shared experience. That ending has always, it's always stood out to me and resonated, and we'll, we'll talk more about it later, but that's kind of what I've had in my head uh, as I've kind of been reflecting on alternate realities one more time and thinking about what we could talk about here and specific things, like when he talks about expectations and ending up disappointed. I mean, that, that tees up a perfect uh, Odoism. <laughs> Keep your expectations low. Exactly. You'll never be disappointed. Yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. do you have any new Odoisms? Any new ones that you've <clears throat> cultivated over the, these past few years? Well, human race sucks. <laughs> I feel like that was always, that was, was that not on the list before? I feel like that was. Yeah, I think, I think that falls under humans don't deserve self-rule. Yeah, I guess so. That'd be a sub-Odoism. Uh, no, I don't, uh, there, there are no new Odoisms. I mean, some, some of the changes have been that uh, I do get cold. You know, it used to be, what, 28 degrees? I could stand outside in jeans and a T-shirt and I'd say it was a little cool out here. But, uh, but now at 40, 49 degrees, I say it's cold. I need a jacket. But I think what had, what had aided you in the past was that summer you absorbed so much heat. Have you tried, if you tried absorbing a lot, like maybe you need to absorb more. Like you need to stand out in the sun for a longer <laughs> period of time over the summer. And then that will allow you to withstand some colder temperatures. <laughs> I'm just listen, man. I'm just following the logic you've you've established for us. <laughs> a scientifically proven facts. Yeah, yes. I don't know if I remember hearing that. <laughs> oh yeah, he once he once absorbed so much heat one summer that it kept him warm all winter. <laughs> dissipated over the course of the winter. <laughs> See, oh, he's not laughing because he knows it's true. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> Yeah. Pass. <laughs> uh, and then I, the other thing I want to say too, when, when JD talks about how we all want to believe that what we do is so important and that everyone hangs on our every word, I, you know, and, and the ultimate message of if you can just make one person's day a tiny bit better, you've accomplished a lot. And as podcast hosts, like I think about this, when I first started listening to podcasts like 15 years ago, I used to just sit or lie down and listen with my iPod. And I just consumed whatever I was listening to. Over the years, I've come to consume podcasts the way I think most people consume podcasts, i.e. while doing other things. So I know in terms of for myself and just hearing from people, it's like people listen to podcasts in the car, on the train, cooking, doing dishes, walking their dog, dropping a deuce, like whatever it is, people are doing other things. But the podcast keeps them company, right? And that's a beautiful thing. And I love that we've been able to do that. And yeah, I guess part of me is like, oh, it'd be great if everyone's like pouring over everything that we say. But it's like, no. But you know what? If every now and then something we say makes someone laugh, makes someone think, makes someone maybe maybe a little emotional, makes someone uh, you know introduce themselves to someone else at the comic shop that they that they think they might be able to strike up a conversation with. And I've heard from people that all of those things have happened. So that means a lot to me. And I think that's beautiful that we've been able to do that. And But I think that the the lesson here about uh, again, just those small, those small effects, those small impressions really, really count for a lot. Everybody <laughs> agrees. Everybody agrees. But you know, Steve, it makes me think of something you said in the last documentary. And I've talked to you about this on the show before. I get emotional every time I see it when you, when you talk about how you felt like you didn't make a mark on the world. But then when you saw everybody come together for the closing and for that final dinner, uh, you, you realize you, you created a good memory for all of these people and like that was enough. 
I, I get chills even as I'm saying that. I, it's it's a beautiful sentiment. I always I always get choked up when when I when I see you talk about that. Well, I, I guess for me, maybe it's because uh, uh, I'm a lot older since the store closed. We're both, you know, again, our conversations used to be about westerns and and Sherlock Holmes movies, and now it's about Social Security, Medicare, and uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, so and so died. So uh, I guess now I look back and and uh, have a, have a whole different perspective about the, what you know what's what's coming, what's gone. Can, um, can we take a break for a minute? I want to go get a smoke. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about payoffs to stuff we've set up in, in years past. That would be great if all of a sudden Rich just lights one up. <laughs> <laughs> then it is a finale. <laughs> I pull out Marlboro, Marlboro lights. No filter. <laughs> he starts, he lights one up and he goes, guys, listen, I really don't like comics. He's like, it's enough. <laughs> well, he said that. You've said that, right? You've, you've really lost interest in comics. Pretty much, yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, uh, my most enjoyable thing now is to work with Anthony and, and analyze something historical or something that was published conceivably 50 years ago. So I'm getting more out of that. The new stuff, I'm not the demographic they're selling to. Uh, but also, I don't have the camaraderie or the the networking we did at the store. I can remember, Bill, uh, times I'd come in, and I think you were in Fordham. Mm-hmm. And you, 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 you guys would be talking about a hot book. And that would prompt me to get into it. But um, I would say, quite frankly, over the past, uh, really since uh, the new 52 – Incrementally, I've lost interest, increasing interest each year. Yeah, because even even though Rich still goes to the conventions, and uh, while well, you did the terrific con, right? And um, what when they had book club, would attend book club, you know, driving all the way into Westchester to talk about comic books, right? I'm, it wasn't really for the comics; it was again for the camaraderie. Into uh, even when you went to San Diego con. But that was like like 2004. Well, yeah, but you'd fly out there. You didn't. You weren't interested in buying comic books. You'd fly all the way out there. Oh, it was a great time. I agree. Yeah. I agree. To, to have, I, that's why I was hang, uh, giving you the high sign. Yes, to, to yeah. hang out with everybody, yes. go out to dinner, that type of stuff. Because what did you do? You went through 50 cent books and you bought like a couple of 50 cent books, right? And that was about it. And as you said, those are the most, most expensive, expensive 50 books. Cent. Yeah. Finally, finally, he understands unit cost accounting. That's right. <laughs> Finally, you, that was great. Total expenses d- divided by total books uh, purchased. Hey, uh, speaking of Terrificon. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Bill, you owe me. I saw you look in, and I felt the eyes like Superman's burning eyes on me. Bill, you owe me forty-five dollars for my Friday ticket. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it to you. No. I'll give it to you and more, whatever you need. No, listen, it's 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 all good. I know your heart was there. I know the intention yeah. was there, and it just didn't come together. But in in the first episode of this four all seasons event. You were on here, we were talking, we had grand plans, and then just things didn't come together. You weren't able to fly out for it. I decided to bail, because you, you were the main reason I, w- I was going. But Rich and some of the other guys, they still ended up going. Yeah, I was surprised that you didn't go, even though Bill wasn't coming in. I just love Bill so much. That was- I, know. I love you too, guys. But yeah, I fucked that up so bad. Uh, and I apologize immensely to all of, all of you guys. 
Well, let's plan the next one now. Just kidding. Well, <laughs> only well, once. I think it's, it's probably. You, know, you said that in your in your in your talk <laughs> with Rich. You said that you're like I learned a lesson. I feel really bad that I like betrayed your trust on this. And no, so no, I would no, never no, let no. that happen again. Here's the lesson. The only lesson I learned, and this, I mean, this I should have known this in the first place, right? Like. I didn't need to go ahead and buy my tickets to the convention until I knew you had booked your flight, right? And that's that's the thing. Like in the future, if 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 you know this is something that we want to plan again, I would just wait. And once once you have those yeah. tickets in hand, then I'll go ahead. Because especially that show, it's not it's a it's a fairly big show, but it's not like oh the tickets were going to sell out. So I I could have waited. So so you keep keep the forty five dollars, but uh, it, it's all good. <laughs> Thankfully, I was able to sell my Saturday and Sunday tickets to Drew. And, uh, and, you know, Rich and Tom, they went, they, they drove up there, they shared a room, they had a great weekend. And, and there was 12 of us for dinner. Uh, so you initiated something that was very well received and well enjoyed. You made that happen, I, even I though you it, weren't there, uh, you made that happen. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I was there. But I'm glad, I'm glad you guys were able to get together, that's for sure. And I think the intent to do that in the future is there too, so we'll figure it out. Well, I'm just glad you didn't kidnap Phil Noto the way you wanted to down in Baltimore one he's, time. He's in the back. <laughs> he, lives, he lives here now. <laughs> yeah, he's got an ankle chain. <laughs> I opened the window. This, I opened the window. He not that closet in years. <laughs> oh, Actually, that, that was the first meeting with Phil Noto was, uh, at that uh, Philadelphia oh. con. Yeah, that's a perfect segue where you're sharing that story. Stories, right? One of the things we've done over the course of this show, we've told our favorite alternate reality stories. And now as we're here for our final episode, the, the question I want to pose for all of us, what are those iconic, indelible stories that we think of when we think of alternate realities? Stories that either encapsulate uh, sort of the, the entirety of the experience or it might just be a, per one moment that was just funny, surprising, infuriating, whatever it is. But what are those stories that we always go back to? And I'm going to ask each of us to share whatever comes to mind. And here's the thing. I don't care if we've told them on the show before. I don't care if you've told them on the show before. It's the last episode. And if something means that much that it's top of mind and it's the first thing that we think of, it's worthy of of a retelling. So I, I, Steve, I'll let you go last so we can let that matter. I, I see him getting nervous as I'm saying it. So it's like, take your time. There's so many stories and experiences. Nothing encapsulated. Yeah. In fact, the only thing that I probably encapsulate is, are the, the bad things. And that's what, you know, whenever I think of the store, and uh, like New York Comic Con was, was just this last weekend, and I'm watching videos on, Look, on he's YouTube. He's getting angry right now. <laughs> I'm He's watching, getting angry. you know, people walking around and they're focusing on the artist alley and the different dealers and all the stuff. And I'm thinking, thank God I'm not there. You know, thank God we didn't have to set up a table. You know, so I, to, to the idea, you know, again, my admiration for the people who are doing it are, is, 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 it's boundless because it's like, I wouldn't have the energy to even walk around there anymore. Um, much less the interest. But, uh, you know, my stories, as far as the store, it, it, it would not be, oh, this was a funny experience, or this is a great uh, purchase, or, or I really miss this guy, or I really hate that guy. It, it's, it's just overall, it's like, thank God I'm not there anymore. So I'll, I'll let you go first. So, so. <laughs> was that the preview for him going last? Well, I don't. I don't want to build it up so that you think, oh, okay, that, and we'll have the funniest story at the very coming. end. Yeah. Was that? Give me a few minutes to think it through. Let me collect my thoughts. God is warm in here. <laughs> Take off your yellow shirt. 
Yeah, you can take your sweatshirt off if you want. I can't. Like, oh, my arms are covered with poison ivy. Oh. Yeah, this is uh, no oh. more healing factor. Oh. There's a new change. Oh, but my, look at, oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Jesus. For, for my whole life, I thought I was, I was not allergic to poison ivy. I guess that healing factor. Uh, it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Oh, this guy's falling apart. Yeah, that's yeah. A, it's like old man Logan. Are, those are the changes in the, in the past eight years, you know? So. Right. Well, <laughs> so. we'll, we'll go. And if you want to share anything, <laughs> yeah. out, of, out of 30 years, if there's any story, like one thing that you're like, oh, I remember that interaction. That's great. Oh, I remember the interactions, more or less. Well, that's, what, yeah, what, so. I mean, yeah. Like, but, that's but, but, but none of them are going to say, oh, this was the best or this is the funniest. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be the best or the funniest. It's what, what you think of. Like what the sto- when we, like, again, when I say like alternate reality stories, whatever it is, it doesn't need to be a heartwarming okay. thing. Okay. And with you, I wouldn't expect it to be. <laughs> I'm assuming you'll tell the story about the guy on the last day who was haggling for oh, a deal. Oh, that was and, the best day. That was the best day ever. Tell, tell, tell your daughter, daddy doesn't love her. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> that encapsulates. Great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I'm so glad I was there for that. Bill, Bill would, you, would you like to go first? Sure. Um, so, all right. So to preface this, you know, I don't know if I have a memory that's just shot, but things in life that I encounter always like remind me of something from a TV show like Seinfeld or Arrested Development. So something will happen. I'm like, oh, that's like this episode in this. And so nowadays, alternate realities has become in my mind like a TV show that I used to be a part of, I guess. And so like there's things that I encounter or I do that remind me of certain things. So one thing that's kind of funny uh, that I I happen to remember all the time because this happens all the time. Uh, Back in the days when we used to go to Pizza and Brew a lot, uh, we would go back to the store, and the f- and you know it would be a race to see who can go to the bathroom first. <laughs> right. So Pizza and Brew always used to like rip all of us up, and so you know Drew would go to the bathroom, and I remember one time we were at this store. Drew was in the bathroom. We were with Doug Dosher and his wife Marie, who left us recently, and uh, you know Doug said, Marie, when Drew gets out of the bathroom, say, did everything come out okay? Right. And for whatever reason, you know, he comes out of the bathroom, she says it, and he had nothing to say for the first time. He was just, like, caught off guard. <laughs> and nowadays, every time somebody goes to the bathroom, I say, did everything come out okay? <laughs> and I think of that moment all the time. <laughs> Sorry. We- weird memory. There it is. I, lo- I love in the series finale here. It's like the story that stands out most about <laughs> Drew taking the <laughs> dump. <laughs> Sorry, Drew. I think if he hears this, he'll appreciate that. <laughs> uh, that's but the fantastic. way she said it, did everything come out okay? She was so friendly and nice, and he had nothing to say. That's the thing, man. Like when you talk about these stories, it's always there's some sort of like a X factor or, or secret sauce to it. Because if it had been Brian O'Day saying that to him, not as funny, right? And he probably would have had right. a comeback to that. But it, it was that it was coming from Marie. Like that's what makes that's what makes that story. That's yeah. what makes that story. And yeah, we, we miss her so much. We, you know, we, we talked about her, uh, you know, when, when she, when she passed and, uh, you know, that's, again, we've talked about this. One of the things over the course of these eight years, it's like, we've, you know, we have lost, you know, people from our group or, or, you know, retailers at other stores. So, uh, you know, our heart goes out to all of them, but, um, I'm glad that she, you know, <laughs> you know, not, not the, not the, you know, most elegant story perhaps, but I'm glad that she factored into, I'm glad she factored into that story. There you go. I love it. Ranch? I'll think of some others. I thought you were going to tell the story of Pizza and Brew. Is like Drew ordering the, the chicken parm for Pe- a bunch. He right? used to take that down all yeah. the time. Yeah. It was a, it was a family-sized chicken parm dinner. 
and he would eat like the whole thing. Three or four chicken cutlets. Four or four yeah. cutlets. Yeah. And yeah. even the waiter said, I was impressed. Yeah. Yeah. All of our stories are all? about food going in or coming out of Drew. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, you're missed. <laughs> Rich? Okay, I, I've got two. Short, short one uh, and uh, um, another different one. So the two things that immediately come to my mind, one is with Bill. I remember one time I went to the store and Brandon and Bill and maybe five or six other guys were there. And it was a day in the summer. I walk into the store, and I'm wondering what the hell's going on. And then Bill and Brandon tear ass from the front door all the way out to the back door. <laughs> apparently, apparently. <laughs> I know the story. Jeff Wong and Metal, I think they had, they, they had a disagreement. They wanted to figure out who could run around the store or the, the buildings faster. And I think they each started from a different, you know, they went different ways. But I remember these guys nearly trampled over me, but they were giggling and laughing and they just running like hell to get to the back door to, to witness uh, witness this. And you guys were just giggling. It was it was infectious. Who won? Yeah. Was it metal? Remember. Was it metal? I think it was metal. I think it was See, metal. I'm, I'm pretty of, sure it was metal. I'm thinking of a different race with Jeff Wong. <laughs> there was, how many were there? <laughs> there was a time when I guess Brandon uh, I I guess uh Remember there was Is a this fire, the hat? Remember that fire the hat. chief's hat yeah. with the the, the, the yeah. light and the woo 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 and and I guess Brandon tempted not tempted said I'll give you a pack of cards or something if you run around the building and then there was this friend of his I can't remember his name Gomer Pyle Gomer wasn't was it Gomer Pyle That's what well, we called him Well he he would run behind Jeff saying Hey Jeff, where's, where's the, the fire? fire? <laughs> and they would do that all the way around the building. He had all the people at Casamaya sitting there outdoor at the table, placing and he, bets. <laughs> and he'd come around and say, "Hey Jeff, where's the fire? Hey Jeff, where's the fire?" And and it just made Branham so happy that he was happy to give him a pack of cards. That's what I thought when you were talking about when you talked about race. Which I guess we got Jeff to do lots of stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now the other story, I, I do want to share this. I. You're going to remember it once I start. My first ever visit to the store, ever. Um, you know where I'm going with this? Okay, so uh, I think it was uh, midwinter break in February. It was, I def, no, it was definitely 93, because I had been working in California for about 11 months. Um, I came back home for Christmas, but I did not go to the store then. Um I got called back from California, and I had to go to meetings down at 23rd Street, our corporate headquarters. Now, this is February. My parents had bought me a new suit for Christmas. So I really dressed up. I'm going to get a new project. I, we had meetings in some of the more elegant conference rooms, lunch, anything. I was really, really jazzed. Everything's brand new. new. New shirt and tie, new suit. Anyway, I go into the store. I stood there easily for about 40 minutes, two feet away from Steve, and he didn't know who I was, right? And while I'm there trying to get his attention, some customer wanted to buy an autographed book from the top shelf, and Steve starts telling the guy, how do you know? How do you know the real creator really signed this? Anybody could have signed that. And I'm thinking, boy, this guy, I know he's ethical and principled, 
I don't think Brandon would say that if the guy wanted to pay nine bucks for an autographed book. But you were trying to tell the guy, are you sure? How do you, do you know what his signature looks like? Totally trying to dissuade the guy from buying it, which I thought was a, maybe, maybe, you know what? I'll show them how principled I am and they'll come back. No. But, no, I just, but I, you were surprised when you saw me. But you eventually had to like tap him on the shoulder or? Yeah, I had to like turn him. You know, Kevin Halstead was there. He was trying to get your attention so you'd see me. <laughs> you were just in your own world. I'm in but finally, I, I had to like hit him on the shoulder and go, hey, Steve. Who's this old man? <laughs> we need that Liam Neeson soundbite from Batman Begins. You never learn to mind your surroundings. I don't remember it. You remember... You remember something about Batman Begins, though. Do I? When uh, Taron spoiled the Liam Neeson twist for you before you had seen the movie. Was that Batman Begins? Yeah. <laughs> it was, I, I well, will say the only Batman uh, Nolan trilogy that Liam Neeson went in, was in was Batman Begins. I, I, no, that was the one. I mean, spoiler alert, that he's Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, he, you, he was on the phone at the back of the store, like by the statues, and you were up front and you hadn't seen it yet, and he was talking to someone on the phone. He's like, I can't believe Liam Neeson was around. Wait, who was, this that was on the phone? T- Terrence. <laughs> T- T- oh, T- big Terrence. T- T-Bone. Oh, that's, would, a, that's the name I haven't thought about. I always about. called him T-Bone. It, yeah, big fella. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice guy. Very nice yeah. guy. I still remember that time he he had so much stuff on hold and he came in and he cleared it out, and it was like over $1,000, and he was on the phone with his bank transferring the amount of money that he needed to his to his uh, you know, checking card. account so he can use his debit card. And I mean, he was he was transferring the amount to the penny. He's like, I need wow. 1,121 and 54 cents. <laughs> it's like, and it was such a big, he hugged me when he was done. That's my main, my, my main two memories with him. Oh. That and the Batman Begins. Look at this. You don't even remember it. So in the moment, you were so enraged. Now it's like, whatever. I remember Doug Desher spoiling a lot of movies. Yeah. Um, I spoiled hey, You one. spoiled it for Prem. Right for for the the Buffy episode, oh, oh yeah, the, with the John Ritter one. But then yeah. you spoil you spoiled a J, uh, James Bond one for him, right? Yeah. yeah, but but in all fairness, James Bond had been out like three months. I kind of <laughs> thought you knew. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's I love that story about uh, you know your first. Here's the thing: look for whatever people say about the Clark Kent disguise. You just put on a suit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even notice him. Who is this guy? <laughs> What did you, do you, I mean, do you remember, like, what was your, when you finally saw him, what was your reaction? I really don't remember. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, pal. <laughs> Anybody got any matches? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'll get you, I'll get you a carton of cigarettes for Christmas. <laughs> what about you, Steve? Have any stories floated to the surface here over these past uh-huh. few minutes? Well, I mean, there are a lot of good memories, a lot, a lot of good people. You know, I, I, I think about them. Again, I think we... We touched on it last time we spoke. It's like, I do think about these people, you know, and and wonder how they're doing. Whenever they post photographs of their kids, it's like, I remember before they got married. So, you know, now, you know, I watched the babies grow up and now they're in college. Now they're jobs and all that. It's, it's kind of, um, it's kind of neat to see. I mean, you post pictures of your son all the time, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like, you're trying to make him into a fighter pilot. I, I don't understand why we got these airplanes. <laughs> you see him so He's really into World War II. That, that was all him. Yeah. But uh, that's all him. But yeah, you know, uh, good memories. I mean, I still remember the bad guys, um, the, the ones who really annoyed me. Um, you know, the ones the, that left you in the lurch. Oh, there. But there are too many of those. I can't. I can hardly remember them now. I still have their folders. You know, I because uh, I still have the, the old file cabinets and those uh, hanging green uh, folders. I I never 
took out the uh, the label, the names, and all that, so I can look at it every now and then. I said, oh, I hate this guy, I hate that guy. But uh, healthy. <laughs> 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 so that sounds good. That sounds good. <laughs> but you know, there are those are the, the the folders of everybody else. And every now and then, I feel like I'll take this and I'll mail it to the person so they have something, you know, a little souvenir of their their time with us. Um, but I mean, you know, all all the stories we bring up, the the, the rabbi collection, and uh, all, all the people who have come and gone in our lives, I I, st- I still uh, I think about that, but uh, it's it's not. Uh, you know, what it's it's like. Um, I guess in my head, after all these years, I remember uh, when Brandon left us, he had almost cut ties. I mean, there were personal ties, but uh, he more or less cut ties with the store. <clears throat> and he went off to, to be, what was it, law school? Not just law school, but uh, writing for DC, writing for... Yeah, he was an editor for a while yeah. and, and then a writer, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you know, and so it's like, I think, I, and again, I haven't talked to him about it, but I also got the impression that he... For him, <clears throat> altering realities was a part of his life way back when, and he has an experience he had, but he's moved on with his life to other things. Um, Drew, even now, it's like, for, for all that love of, of statues, uh, you know, he was a moderator of the statue forum for Bowen, um, and his collection of, uh, uh, there was a, per- a period where he sold his car because he moved into the city and didn't need a car, so he took all that money, he bought a huge Silver Age collection from that dealer in Connecticut. Really, some mm-hmm. high grade, nice stuff, but but with Drew, he his interests changed, and so when he decided he didn't want it anymore, he was glad he had it. He sold it. He took that money and bought something else. Might, might have been statues that then after that, but then he didn't want the statues anymore, so he got rid of that. Now, now again, I haven't talked to him in a long time, but I get the impression that he's into uh, what? what well, Billy, maybe you know, was it the F one? He's into cards? those cards. Yeah. I don't talk to Drew as nearly as much as I used to, and that's my fault. But yeah, I see him posting all the time about those rare, rare racing cards, racing, of racing, racing cards. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I said, where the hell? I mean, he his interest had gone into the the what do you call those robot? Not robot controlled. What you, uh, remote, remote controlled cars? Remote RC controlled, cars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For 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 a while, and he was buying these expensive vehicles to fly around and drive around. But um, but it seemed to get rid. Of, he sold all that stuff, and he's just buying all these rare cards of race car drivers. Which I had no idea he was ever into it, but it's almost like the whole comic book world is the past. Well, he still appreciates all that stuff. I think he still has the prints and lots of pages of art and stuff. But uh, you know, we've all moved on to the next thing, um, and I guess that's the way that's the way I kind of look at it too. I mean, I, you know, to to talk about uh, the memories, I still appreciate the stuff, but I have no interest in going to New York Comic Con, no interest in buying any more of this stuff, and. Uh, it's not that I don't, yeah. But there are times you've called me and you've told me, hey, oh, yeah, has this. I thought I'm going to buy it. <laughs> it's tempting. It's like it's like being a, a you know, an a, a, a nicotine addict, right? Yeah. <laughs> See, now he knows. I, I <laughs> deliberately put on totally clean clothes, so the aroma yeah, of the smoke. Yeah, we can't smell. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, I, again, I appreciate, uh, even today I looked at some stuff and I said, gee, it's only $15. But then I have to sit back and say, do I really need it? What am I going to do with this? No, listen, everything that, that you say, it makes sense. And look, one of the things we've been talking about, especially, I mean, especially from that longer Halloween run of episodes that we did, and, and in particular over these last few episodes of Four <clears throat> All Seasons, of the extent to which any of us individually keep in touch and really the lack of kind of those big group 
gatherings. And I don't necessarily want to dwell on that because I, I feel like we've talked about it. And I actually, I'm, I'm kind of more curious to talk about in, in a little bit that, Rich, you got to put that bottle of water down. <laughs> Crackling. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just waiting until we get to like the final emotional moments of the show here where we're all like sobbing and I just hear, anyway, uh, thank you. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't want to dwell on that so much because I, I, I think it's, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit more about the, uh, the quote unquote, if this is a TV show, the quote unquote supporting cast, like the customers who came, not so much the core crew and whether or not we get together. We've talked about that a lot. But on that note, what I do want to say is, not to be a, a cliche, but right, the saying about, about uh, you know, some people enter your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime, right? And I've been thinking about that a lot, especially in the context of this For All Seasons event and the seasons of alternate realities and everything. And I think the people who I've continued to have the most contact with, um, you know, like Rich, but you most of all, but, but Bill as well to an extent, guys like, uh, like Mike Sangregorio or Ralph Puma, because we're we still have new business. Like we're, we've been doing these other podcasts together and we've been talking about them and getting together to do those recordings. And so there's, and I don't want to say there would be no reason to talk otherwise, but what I've learned and Steve, you've been talking about this for years and you, you were right. You were right all along where when you're talking about former classmates, coworkers, people from the store, when you don't have that regular contact, you're not in the same space, forced to be in the same space, right? it re does require a level of effort to keep in touch. And I think when you don't necessarily have that, that new business, that ongoing conversation, what it becomes more when you do talk, it's more catching up. And that was the experience I had when we had that dinner uh, over Memorial Day weekend. And it was lovely. It was nice to see everyone, but it was just a lot of, again, what have you been up to, this and that. It's fine, but it's just, it's a different flavor than what it used to be, where it was like, we're, we're in it and we're having these ongoing adventures. And I think when it does kind of become that catch-up type of relationship, I think it requires even more effort to pick up the phone and to call. Not that it's not enjoyable to have those conversations, but I think what we've like we've experienced it, like it's just harder to to muster to do it. I mean, Rich is probably the exception to that because he has made, I think, far and away the most effort out of anyone in our group to keep in touch and mm -hmm. to call people. But I think for most of us, that's kind of what happens. And I think what I've come to terms with is, you know, that's that's okay. I think that's a natural. And from the beginning of this run of episodes, what, what I've been saying is, you know, just trying to focus on how grateful I am to have had that time with those people. Even if I do recognize it's not, it's never, it never, I think, could be that again. But I'm grateful that we had it. And I think it it is kind of that that natural. And I think it was a season of time. Although, like, you three are lifetime people. And certainly others with, I mean, Drew performed our wedding ceremony. Like, you know, there are people who are lifetime people. But then there are other either relationships or types of relationships or just that time that I think it was, it was a season in our lives. And as much as we can kind of fall into that, I don't want to say trap, but it's easy to kind of feel sad, right? That it's past, but mostly I think it's important to be grateful that it happened at all. That's what I've come to after all of this. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think that's the best way to look at it because I mean, there's again, um, it's uh, it's it's the uh, you're not a smoker, are you? Situation, right? If <laughs> I mean, I, um, who's, uh, comes to mind? Akara, remember her? Yeah, you know, it's mm -hmm. like uh, even after we closed, and Kara and I went to take a look at a collection once in Connecticut. Um, but she went off to California and did her thing. But at the time, it's like I thought, you know, if if, if she met Evan and married Evan, I'd be perfectly happy with that. It would have been a whole different world, a whole different uh, reality. An alternate reality, as it would be, but uh, 
but uh, you know, and then, and, and there's still, I mean, again, still people that you see along the way and say, Hey, how you doing? But, uh, aside from, but everybody's got that. Everybody's got their core and a lot, a lot of other, you know, octopus arms out there. But, um, yeah, we, we were lucky to experience it. And, um, was somebody, was it Joe Rudland? I don't remember, I don't know if you remember him. He posted a quote from Confucius this morning, which I thought was actually pretty good. And I can't remember, of course, but it has to do with everybody has two lives and the second one starts when you realize how much time you have left or something like that. So I thought that was very, uh, uh, very profound. So I think that's where, that's I think where I am and hopefully you are because uh, <laughs> we're old. <laughs> This guy loves to have me like a half a step away from the grave. <laughs> All of our Saturday talks. You're basically what? dead already. I mean, your your nephew said such, such a, something yeah. similar, didn't he? Yes, yes. But but not with the tenacity that Steve has. I mean, yeah. and all of our calls were up on current events in terms of who died, right? Keith Giffen. Um, oh, 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 Lara Parker just passed away. Remember her from Dark Shadows? No, I don't. Okay, uh, Suzanne Summers, she just yes, died. yes. I, I mean, do. it's 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 every day. It's like somebody. And the difference for us is that that we know a lot of these. We grew up watching television or, or listening to their music or something like that. And that's yeah. It's it's not probably like probably why some of them are dying because <laughs> they're that old. We but, watched but, them sixty years ago. Yeah, but but it's like when we were kids, when we were like your age, and you said, "Oh, this this politician died or this celebrity died." It's like, yeah, I. I I, I know he made movies in the fifties or the sixties, or t- you know, had a TV show in the sixties, but it doesn't really mean a whole lot to you. But so when somebody who like more or less we grew up with passage of time, I mean, Bill and I have talked about how we're past the age now that you were when you opened the store. Oh yeah, yeah. we're older than Aunt May. <laughs> <laughs> Are you looking up that Facebook quote? I'm looking up who died in our high school class. I want to see if he knows him. Because Rich, nobody needs to know that. No, but I won't name names. <laughs> I won't name names. It's just that Rich Roney doesn't even remember going to White Plains High School. I went to Stebner. <laughs> I went to Stebner. Hey, listen, he remembers not smoking, and so that's something. <laughs> Do you know if if I had answered that question differently, I might not be sitting here today. I know. You know, Gene Cahill might be sitting here. Who's Gene Cahill? There you go. He's the he's the rich Roni of Earth too. He's the rich Roni of Fat Moose Comics. Oh, okay. Um, I just I just oh, wanted, I've heard about this guy. Yeah, I just want to show Rich the name and see if he remembers the name. All right, we got to keep this moving yeah, okay, along here. What are we doing? <laughs> What's going on? Way to grind this to a halt now, while we wait for you to pull up obituaries to show yeah, Rich. Where are you Great. looking for this info? You know, I'll show I'll show them later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, it's, it's a game we play. And it's, it's a- <laughs> do you guys do you guys understand now why the calls are a little less frequent? Oh, I, yeah. I, yeah. I want to. We have a few follow ups that I want to get to. But while we're while we're talking stories, I, I want to share. I want to share mine. There, I have three, but they're mostly quick. I promise. So the first one is one that I mean never fails to make me laugh, and it doesn't matter where I am, what I'm doing. It always makes me laugh. I mean, so much so. A few, a few weeks ago, I, I came to bed and Steph was already asleep and it popped into my head and I had to stifle my laughter because I didn't want to wake her up. So there was this day where, you, Steve, you were sitting uh, up front uh, at the table in front of the store holding court, as you want to do. And this guy came in and he was, he didn't have a reserve number, but he was semi-regular. He was a um, familiar enough face, a little, a little, a little eccentric maybe. 
And he, you'll know a second, as soon as I give the quote, you'll know where this is going. And he goes, anything new today? And you said perfectly innocently and truly, because look, it's a comic shop. There's always new stuff coming in. And there's, even if not, there's always something new for you to discover. And you go, always something new. And he looks at you and as cheerily as possible, he goes, you're a bitch. <laughs> but he said in a nice way. Uh, yes. Yeah, he was, it was a nice way. Oh, that's, and the, I don't what's, remember this. And what's so funny to me about this is the juxtaposition of the cheeriness with which he said it versus the harshness of the language coupled with the word choice. Not, not that we should use that word to refer to women, but typically, historically, that word is not usually used toward a man. Like if he had said to you, you're a dick. It wouldn't have been as funny. It still would have been funny, though, if he said it in that friendly way. But the combination of the cheeriness and the word choice, you're a bitch. To this day, man, like, it just, it was so random. <laughs> I love it. Do you remember that guy? I don't remember his name, but I remember him. He was he was always a, a, a pretty cheerful fellow. Yeah. You know, uh, collected the Star Wars bus, I think it was. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, Oleg. You know how Facebook posts up uh, people you might know? He's on Facebook? Oleg came up. Did you friend him? No, no, no. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm I'm Brandon Montclair. I've moved on away. I mean, Facebook friendship is not the overly burdensome commitment. Oh, Oleg. Yeah. Awesome. He's still around. No tax. Yeah. No tax. But anyway, you're a bitch is number one. Not, not, not Not my number one story, but the first one that I'll share. The second one, when we talk about stories that I think just encapsulate a wide range of experiences, even beyond the store. This one comes up. And look, when we talk about kind of customer complaints and human nature and humanity and all of that, one thing that's been very interesting is I've moved beyond the walls of alternate realities. It's like, I've I've been working at my law school now for over a decade. I've been in admissions. I'm a faculty advisor. I teach the law students. And what one of the things I'm finding is that some of the, um, the frustrations that we felt towards customers, <laughs> they apply elsewhere. I'll leave it at that. But the story that comes to mind is one day we were preparing for a sale and had, I think you had, you or one of us had made up a flyer and I was walking through the store, putting up the signs on the walls. And one of our customers, Bill E, not this bill, a different bill was in there. And we were basically on a parallel track. Like we, we were walking through the aisle together, more or less. He was looking at the books and I was putting up the signs and we were chatting as we often did. And again, I'm talking like side by side for a good 15, 20 minutes as I'm taping up these signs and he's looking at the books and at the end of all of this he goes up to the counter and he pays and you're behind the counter and he goes to you hey are you doing any sales soon and i think you and i both looked at each other and kind of had a similar reaction like have you not seen like all of the signs like literally going up around you that one always stood out to me and i guess that kind of goes back to that comment that i was referring to uh, at the beginning of the episode of like you guys have a podcast it's like you can't i guess the point is and i don't even say this to put any i'm not putting anyone down it's just like you can't take anything for granted right as much as you think you're delivering a certain message you are presenting certain information it is not always registering with people but that one always stood out do you remember well, that similar to the st- uh, i remember well that. similar to the store uh the door of the store people will be knocking on a wednesday and steve had that Clearly that sign saying that we don't open until what, two o'clock or whatever. whatever and you would just be like, read the sign. <laughs> or the time that Steve was the sign when he hurt his back and he was on the ground and people just kept stepping over him to get to their comics. <laughs> that I didn't mind so much. You no. know? Yeah, to me, it's like, okay, you know, come on in. I'm okay. <laughs> it's like, but uh, no, that, that sign was something because uh, inevitably they'd knock on the glass. 
Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and there was that one time the guy was bleeding. Needed me to call nine one one. That was great. One. I know. Every now and then. But yeah. so glad we had the sign. <laughs> so those are the two. You guys didn't have much of a reaction, but to me, those are the more humorous ones. <laughs> but then the the like the, I guess the more heartwarming one for me is the white collar sale that we did. Uh, we did it for three years, but that first year in particular, it was that week between Christmas and New Year's. And that year, you know, Steve, this was the era when you and your now wife Anne were long distance. And I think this year she came into town, so you were you were in the area, but you were you were off spending time with her. And so uh, Sean, Tom, and myself, the, the boys, we were we were running the shop. And Tom and I had had this idea to do this white collar sale. We were fans of the television show, but we had this idea to wear shirts and ties and vests and fedoras, right? And then we, w- we would have a sale. And this was, I think now it's different. I feel like now publishers put out new content during that week, but this was during the period of time where there was nothing that week between Christmas and New Year's. And we thought, all right, this would be a good way to get people in and, and drum up some, some business and all that. And it was just, it was such a fun time. I feel like the holidays, when I think of the, the seasons of alternate realities, I always think back to summers because that's when I spent the most time working there. And I think of the holidays, because I know that can be a tricky time for people and sometimes it's, it's not the happiest time. But it was always, for me, a, a cheerful time at the store. Brian Claudio's wife would make cookies and bring them in. Uh, a lot of well wishes. Uh, it was just, it was a fun time. It was also, I mean, Bill can identify with this. It was a break from school. So there was that going on as well. So it was just always a fun time generally. And then that week where, you know, we were really steering the ship and we had had this idea and it did well. I mean, we were so proud, like when you came in and we handed you like a wad of cash. And we're like, look, we did this. And people coming in, I know there were customers, I mean, they were said, like, what, like, what's going on? And they probably left and like, what's the matter with those guys? But you know what? We were those walking signs and they were like, what's going on? Like, it's the white collar sale. And it was just, it was fun. And it really, when we talk about the seasons and all of that, I have to give a shout out to, to Sean and Tom. It's like, I haven't had much contact with them in recent years. I mean, I ran into Sean at All Yeah once, probably a couple of years ago at this point. And then we exchanged a couple of texts after that. Uh, Tom, he did a, a Patreon episode of mine about a year and a half ago, and we haven't spoken since. In both cases, though, at least as far as I know, <laughs> there's no reason for that. There's no bad blood. I mean, with Tom, I could be in his gunny sack for all I know. But yeah. as far as I know, you know, there's no specific reason for it. It's just what we've been talking about, maybe not having new business to discuss and being preoccupied in different places in our life and all that stuff. But the thing is, I so cherish that that version of that friendship with them, and that's what was really in full force at that time. And I spent so much time with those two guys individually um, and and as a trio. And again, part of me is like, oh man, it's a bummer that, that we don't have that now. But again, I'm grateful that we had it at all. And I guess I gravitate towards that story. I mean, Sean, we kind of roped into it. I don't think he was that into the idea of dressing up, but he still went along. <laughs> but like, it was a fun time. And and I look back on that really as, as one of those those favorite memories and really kind of capturing the spirit of you know, working there and hanging out with those guys and, and having that event. And for one of those days, I dressed up. I had gray slacks, white shirt, the tie. I sure as hell didn't have the fedora, but I remember just the excitement. I mean, all four of us were dressed and it prompted questions and it was just a lot of energy, exhilarating energy. Um, so I, I share I share that memory of that uh, that time. And I think exactly what you said. Anne came into town. There was another time, I think, when you flew, uh, you, you went to Las Vegas or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But no, th- very exciting times. I thought you were going to talk about uh, when I went to Japan 
And uh, I guess so Steve's out of town sale. <laughs> Steve's out of town, so everything's on sale or something like that, right? But but the beauty of it is that it was years later that yeah. I'm I'm getting rid of a pile of papers and I I see the sign, <laughs> and Anthony's standing right in front of me. I said, "What the hell is this?" And he's so glad that he happened to be there when I found the sign that you guys hid for me to find years later. And that, that that's the kind of memories I have. <laughs> I know. We were a fan. I mean, that was, yeah. I, 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 not to pat ourselves on the back, but that, that the amount of patience that required. I mean, that was one of those things yes. where it's just like, hey, one day he'll find this. And you did. did. And yeah, the fact that I was there and I took, I have a picture of it. I've posted it on social media before. Maybe I'll post it again. But yeah, that one, that was great. (laughs) You were such a good sport about it too. But yeah, but I I remember having that conversation with you, Bill, where it was just like, let's just hide this. Let's hide it. Let's hide it. The, uh, I think that what is that sale was when uh, it was over spring break, I want to say. And I took off spring break, came to New York to work at the store for a week. That was my spring break from grad school. Yeah. (laughs) That's the thing, man. Anytime we've talked about this, but it's like anytime you had some free time, that's I was where there. you went. That's, yes. that's where you went. So w- one other question in this kind of segment of the episode here, this is the end of my comic shop history, the podcast. But one of the things I've been thinking about is has my, my personal comic shop history drawn to a close? Cause I've had a couple of experiments now with spider's web and with all, oh, yeah, two my two local stores of trying to, have a pull list and go every week. And I did it for a little while and then it just, it didn't take. And I don't know, maybe if my son gets really into it and that becomes part of our routine, I could see then my, my comic shop history, you know, having a a rebirth, but otherwise it's hard to say. And we've all touched on this, but I I do want to toss that to each of you guys. It's like, as far as, again, your personal comic shop histories, where are you now? And like, where do you, see yourselves going if 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 anywhere or is that really kind of it like what about you bill you know it's the only time i'm reading comics now anthony is when i'm doing an assignment for the podcast and I, you know i don't know how proud i am of that statement but uh my my reading now has been completely relegated to that i just don't have i guess the the space in my life at the moment to do that routine the ritual every week go to a comic shop pull books read them and beyond that, when I do go, I don't ever see anything that just draws me in like it used to. And this might go back to what Rich was saying, where maybe it was because all of us were together, and we were talking about it, and we were getting excited about it. But I, you know, I just don't have it anymore. And, and actually, I'm not even that excited about it anymore. I'm more excited about the older books. And so, like Steve, when you're posting pictures of Silver Age books from that collection you had just bought, I'm like, wow, look at those covers. Look at these books he has. Uh, that's what's getting me going. Nothing new, that's for sure. See, I, I see on Facebook, uh, different comic book groups, they post a page, uh, no context, but just a page of something. And a lot of the, I guess Dr. Doom is a big focus on what's going on nowadays in comics. And it's, it's you read that one page and it says, this is interesting. You know, If it weren't so difficult to get back into it, I'd love to just be able to buy that one set or that one series to read that. Um or Alan Davis came out. He did an Avengers oh, time war, after time. War, war across time with Paul. War Levitz. Time, yeah, Paul Levitz wrote it. I, I mean, I love Alan Davis art, and so it's like I, I got the trade. Couldn't get the individual issues, so I got the trade, but I haven't read it. And uh, I realize now that I'm at that point where I, I'll, I'll end up buying it because I know it's good stuff. And one day, if I one day, I've said that for what decades. 
that I sit down to read it. It's like, I'll, I'll, I'll love it, but I don't have the time. Um, and I guess that's why I don't collect anymore. And there's no comic book stores near me anymore. I know. Yeah. You, you were going to all, yeah, fairly recently. I mean, well, went fairly regularly when, when I was you in, lived, here. lived yeah. here. Yeah. But uh, I'm surprised you don't go there because they're relatively close to you. They are. So it's interesting with both the, the experiments that I conducted with, with spider's web, That's the far, location though. was, was an issue. It was, it was a little yeah. bit of a hike and the parking was challenging and all that. But, uh, with, with all, yeah, now it's closer to me when I lived in white plains, it wasn't that far, but a little bit more of a hike. Now I'm relatively close. It's about 15 minutes. Uh, there was a lot of construction going on around there for a while. It's, and parking. it's all done. Yeah. It's all done now. I, yeah. I know the, so the thing is, like Aya is one of our sponsors. We love Aya. <coughs> Friends with Mark. I feature them on the show and on the podcast. I would recommend anyone to go there. So this is not a, a critique of the store, but I don't know any any. I think you have a different relationship with Mark, and you go and you talk to him for a long time and all of that. No, 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 I can't hang out that long. I don't have the time. But I mean, he's that store is packed full. I mean, you thought we were packed, and they have that family camaraderie. Yeah. Yesterday was the uh, the blood drive that they had. And tonight is their Halloween uh, Halloween party uh, for adults. So it has to be, they're closing early at six o'clock. If you want to go there for a drink, you, know, you can hang out with those guys. And they're great guys. You know, <laughs> no, they are Pellerito, Franco, all those guys. And I've I've brought Milo there a few times, and he had fun. Now he's in this stretch where anytime like you want to go to the comic shop, he's like no. But so it's it, it goes in waves. But that's the thing, and that's the X factor here. I think if if this becomes a bigger thing for him, I could see myself getting back into the routine. But. I think there are a couple of things. One, just in terms of the comics themselves, I am still reading, but I'm not necessarily, I don't necessarily have the drive to, to buy and collect and store new issues per se. I'm pretty content reading a lot digitally as a consideration of both time and, and, and cost and space, space mostly. Um, and I, you know, will continue to periodically buy trades, but I guess part of it is I'm not, I'm not necessarily chomping at the bit to be buying new books all the time. So that's, that's one side of it. My time is more limited, right? Right, as opposed to alternate realities days, where it's like, oh, I'll just go and spend the whole afternoon there. It's like I don't have that yeah. ability now. It's like we're yeah. spending the whole afternoon doing this, and my wife is very graciously taking care of the child and the dog upstairs. But like normally, that's not something that I really have the the flexibility to do. And the other thing too is, I, I'm sure I, I really haven't partaken in the uh, the events that that Marco. So maybe when you go to that, that there's a big group of people there. Maybe other times I've just gone at the wrong time of day. I don't know, but in my experience, and I've gone a bunch of times, like I've never really, again, I'm not saying it never happens. I've just never been there where there's been that kind of conversation that we, we used to have at, at alternate realities. And so it's been kind of more the experience, like, yeah, some pleasant, you know, chit chat, right. You get your stuff and you go, but I've not, I've just not had that experience of being like, of just being there and pulled into, into this kind of conversation. And so it's been a little bit more, you know, transactional, I suppose, uh, in, in that sense. So, but I'm finding that part, I know a big reason if I'm to psychoanalyze myself, why I do so much of this podcasting is like that has kind of replaced what the store was for me. Like for anyone who's like, why is this guy podcasting? He podcasts all the time. Like what's, what's missing in his life? It's, it's those conversations. It's like, that's why I think we have these two hour conversations about Superman, right? Cause it's, it's a little different flavor than what we used to do at the store. Cause it's so much more, you know, focused and sustained when we're podcasting. But I think that's. I've, I've kind of, you know, satiated that need through the podcast, but maybe that's also part of why I'm not hanging out at the comic shop, you know, as much. Cause it's like, I have an outlet for it now. So it's a long winded way of saying it's like, yeah, it just hasn't like clicked into place for me where it's like, okay, like this is now my new routine. That's a good analysis. You know, I think the same thing with me with Facebook, 
I don't, I don't have no contact with the rest of the human race except for Facebook. So I know what's going on with people's you know found personal lives and stuff. Uh, for those who bother to post, but um, it, I guess it sort of has replaced any kind of you know, um, a face-to-face relationship that I that I used to have every day, um, and with a variety of people. Yeah, I mean, it's like I I know I always cite these two stores, but but I don't know if we moved to North Carolina and I was near Acme Comics. It's like, yeah, do I would I, could I see myself going in there as kind of more of a routine, checking in with Lord Retail. I've been there where I've seen like the, the sea of people and, you know, maybe uh, getting their take on what they're reading and, and kind of, you know, using that as part of like podcast discussions and stuff like that. Yeah, Anthony, I could see that. Or could, Fat Moose. Could, could I, yeah, I was, I was going to use that as a, I know. That's, I saw you chomping at the bit and I knew you wanted to go to <laughs> Fat Moose and I was going to, I was getting there, man. Fat Moose is the other example. Rich? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Rich, you bit his head off. <laughs> I love you, Rich. That's okay. <laughs> Put down that water too. <laughs> yeah. I guess I had quite the poker face. I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> the only place I've seen, and <coughs> pre-COVID, there were there were a number, there were more comic book stores in different parts of Jersey. Um, now there's maybe four. There might be three because I think one of them's gonna, you know, close. But uh, the only place I've ever seen to rival the spirit and the way we would hang out and talk is is um, Sean's place, uh, Fat Moose. I've gone in there on a Wednesday night, and it's just like being thrown right back to AR. On a Wednesday night, there's 10 or 12 or 14 people. They get pizza. They, they socialize. They talk about current books. Um, and it's the only thing I've seen to match just the enthusiasm and, and the cultural uh, – uh, dynamic, but there are other stores. You used the word transactional a while ago. There's other stores I go to where there there's no conversation in the place. It's you buy your books, you're you're out. I I will say for myself, I my purchasing has really 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 diminished. Um, but there are certain times I would say like like every six weeks or so I gotta go into a store and just walk around. Um, it. I'm I'm like an addict, and all of a sudden I break down, and I gotta go walk around and see the books on the wall and see what's new, and I kind of need that fix, so to speak. I mean, it sounds like out of all four of us, you have the most active comic shop present, right? Like, how how frequently would you say you go to Fat Moose? Once every three months. Oh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> okay. Never mind. I, for for a long time, I've tried to encourage him to go there, but I guess it's not that close. Right? Is it about an hour away? No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I guess I, I guess I knew that generally from our conversations, but I thought it was a little more frequent than that. Well, but <laughs> yeah, you probably thought it was more frequent because every time I go there, ten seconds in, Sean Henrik takes a picture of me, oh, it's and on you know, you know about it before I yeah. get home. Oh, it's on Facebook, and then Rich calls and he's like, yeah. "Hey," and I'm like, "You went to Fat Moose?" <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and you heard about the name Gene Cahill. The last time I was there, uh, even before I got home, you had responded. I guess the universes are colliding because this guy is the Earth 2 Rich Roney. Um, and he knows more about comic history than I do. I I was in there, um, oh, I guess it might have been in the spring, and some guy started asking questions. Um, and his answers, Cahill's answers, 
he was faster than me and he knew more more detail than me, which really made me feel weak and humble. Um, That's really amazing. Rich he, Rich is really a, a, a an encyclopedia of uh, yeah of yeah. knowledge on comics. I can remember the time, Bill, you and Brian and Drew were at Drew's apartment. And I think you called me and you said, what's the cover to Avenger, Avengers 70? I said, oh, that's the one. It's a red cover. Swords, uh, the Swordsman is like going at uh, uh, Clint Barton on yeah. the cover. I got a lot of my mind. I got a lot of my mind. <laughs> Want to hear about Whiter? <laughs> no, I guess like, so, I mean, I guess I talked about a bit about why it's not a, really a part of my routine and, and, and as you know, with the regularity certainly that it used to be for alternate realities. And I, I guess one other thing is like, again, going back to all, oh, yeah, I think the last couple of times I went there, it was uh, one of the employees, Ben seems like a really nice guy. And again, this goes both ways. It's like, it's not like I necessarily made an effort at, really. I didn't make any effort to strike up a conversation. It wasn't re- like, it wasn't what I was looking for really. Like I had, I had Stefan Milo in the car. I was going to get something like, again, it was so again, that's, um, that's all to say, like, I'm, I'm really not putting it on the stores and certainly it's not the store's fault if they don't have like a group of people who happen to be there talking about stuff. Yeah. But you know, I think too, in terms of what I'm looking for out of the experience, it's just different. But then absent that, it then just becomes more of Again, if I'm not really looking to build my single issue collection and I'm, you know, not necessarily having that conversation and my time is limited, that's kind of short circuits the whole thing. But so for you, Rich, like with, with Fat Moose that, you know, that I agree with you. I think they really have the spirit that's closest to what, what we had at, at our store. But still, it's only like once every three months. Is that more a product of you're just not as interested in what's there or it's too much of a drive. Like, why do you think you're not going there? Because the way you were talking about it, like if you had said, oh, I go there every three weeks, I think we would have all been like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But every three months yeah. is pretty infrequent. Like, do you, why do you think that is? Um, probably for two reasons. Um, my interest has dwindled so much, right? So the stories don't pull me in the way they once did. And then in a sad fashion, and I can't say enough good things about Sean. He's so positive and he he puts his heart and soul into the store. But in a sad fashion, I've gone there a couple of times at like 5.30 on a Wednesday and the book I want's already sold out. So I think he's getting into that point where he orders so precisely. It, it might be, it's speculative on my part. He might be super conscious of, geez, I don't want to have stuff that's not going to sell. So that's been, you know, a, a little bit of a turnoff. Right, because like you haven't pre-ordered something. You just went in figuring like, oh, like maybe I'll grab a it's copy Wednesday off the Wednesday night, 5.30, I can probably grab it. I think this is, I mean, look, I, my experience currently is super limited, but it's very similar at all, yeah. I mean, the last thing that I went to buy there was The Last Days of Luther, uh, by part one by our friend Mark Wade. And I, I did not pre-order it because I... I wasn't sure if I was going to buy it physically or where I was going to go, whatever. And so I went on Wednesday, like in the afternoon, and it was, I think, the last copy or the second to last copy on the shelf. And it's, again, we think back to the alternate realities days where it's like those shelves were deep. Those were deep, you know, and especially a book like that, we would have had however many copies. But we were a different store. Sure. We were were like, what, five, ten times what everybody else does, the average comic book shop. I I will say this. There was... uh, uh, the Mark Wade uh, Captain Marvel that came out recently. And um, I needed a copy. I called and Justin picked up the phone at, at Fat Moose. 
He said, don't worry, I'm gonna put it behind the counter, come in whenever you want. So their, their spirit of doing things is just so positive. Um, and it was there for me. Um, and also the last thing, I, I have been there on a few Wednesday nights and it's a party. It is. I mean, uh, yeah. Justin DeVoe, am I saying his name mm-hmm. right? There's a number of people there and they're hardcore comic fans and it's great just, just I, I can pick up a conversation with them. And Anthony, you've seen the pictures of me adjacent to Gene Kale, so they get they get a little bang out of it. Do you think you would you would ever pal around with Gene Cahill? Like, is there any part of you that's like, hey, like I, maybe I should ask him if he wants to grab a slice uh, after we I pick up have our books. thought about that. I have thought about that because his historical knowledge is superior to mine. Our tastes are very similar, both in comics, and uh, he spoke about some stuff at work, and he had the same cynical. Uh, <laughs> Not quite as cynical as someone I know, but a little bit of a cynical opinion of things. Of things. As long as if he smokes, then you're really in business. That's right. <laughs> Checked off all the boxes. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the test. When you guys are walking out of Fat Moose, hey, offer him a hey, cigarette. You, <laughs> you got a light? Yeah. Well, I know when Sean Hendricks hears this, because he will hear this, I know he'll he'll either reach out. The, the thought's already going through his head, I'm sure. And either he'll reach out directly to me or, or to you or to me to get word to you of if there's something you want to either pre-order it or even that day, like call, I'm sure he, for you, know he would he probably would. say. I know he would. He is so giving, so generous. Um, but I don't want to subject people to that. My, my tastes are not what they were 25 years ago. I mean, Anthony, to go back even further, before I ever shook hands with you, I can remember for about a month going in and seeing Anthony's pick of the week. So, your recommendations uh, uh, fired up interest in things. I, I bought a few of those books just because you recommended it. And thank God we'll, you know, we, we're not going to drill into uh, JLA uh, Soul War or Spectre War. JLA Spectre Soul War is my cigarette when it comes to Rich, where <laughs> I think he has, he has, he has, I mean, but well, I guess I'll flip it because I feel like he has pinned so much of our friendship on the fact that I. I told him about a review I had read of this two-part JLA Spectre miniseries. I read a review. Was it Silver Bullets? Silver Bullets, the now defunct website, but they gave it like a one or a two out of 10. And I had just shared that with you. Sorry, Steve, I I talked him out of buying a book. (laughs) I was like, you know, this has got a really bad review. And then he later flipped through it and he was like, oh, I'm glad I didn't buy this. But he's, it's been wow, twenty years, and he's he always cites the fact that I saved him with from buying admiration, that. With admiration, with mm. admiration. The two things I'll say by way of going down memory lane: before you gave your clinical opinion, you just kind of scowled your face like, oh, "I don't know if I'd pick that up," you know. So <laughs> y- your facial expression <clears throat> conveyed a lot. But you're talking me out of a book is infinitesimal compared to the way he's done. How many times did he tell you or Sean or someone else, Rich doesn't need that. Don't put that in his folder. He doesn't need that. Greatest Green Lantern stories ever told. I remember that. I was like, I think Rich, I, I think I like I gave you one to put in his file. I'm like, he doesn't want that. I'm like, I think he probably does. <laughs> <laughs> but you he, figured, you probably figured he already had this. He stories. has all the, he has all the issues. In fact, what what kills me is that every time I say, why don't you, you know, take a look at all he has, the Silver Age book, box they just got it's got a bunch of green lanterns like i've got them all you know in fact i probably have two or three it's why we were all talking off mic ahead of time and steph was asking me too like how long is this episode going to be and i think we 
we've all had different predictions. I had said to her, I was like, at least two hours, it could be three. Bill, you had a, you, what did you think? I thought, like I said, I bought lunch and dinner for my son who's sitting at home. So five hours. <laughs> so I, I'm happy to, to keep this party going as, as long as we all have stuff to talk about. Steve, Steve are you having a good time? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, all right, all right. I was just going to say we should switch chairs because I feel like Based on this camera, it looks like I'm in a wheelchair or something. It's like I don't want people oh, to think. Oh, yeah. After Put all these, Rich in the wheelchair. <laughs> after, after all these well, years, just a little oxygen you know, mask and Steve's bad health that he's got to be in his fancy chair. <laughs> you know, so I thought maybe you know. So so here's the thing. Here's what I want to do. I want to I, I want to do a little bit of business and then we'll pause and we'll switch and we'll stretch and we'll do all that stuff. So in our series finale here, I want to issue some thank yous and I've thanked these people before, but it's our last episode and it bears repeating. So our musical and artistic contributors. I have gotten music for this podcast from Dan Pritchard in Australia, our mutual friend Ralph Puma, and uh, the band Basic Printer, based out of Tennessee. They have all been so gracious uh, towards me in terms of creating music, giving me music, letting me use stuff that they have, and all at no, at no cost. And that's a huge, huge benefit. And I thank them all, and I encourage everyone to... Uh, uh, you know, Basic Printer and Ralph Puma, if you, you look them up on the music streaming services, you'll find them. And uh, Dan Pritchard, Dan from Australia, he's he's got a YouTube channel and he's on social media as well. Please check them out. Uh, and really my my unending thanks to them. On the art side, there's the key art that you see for each season of the podcast. And when you look up My Comic Shop History on the platforms, that's the art that you see. Uh, and it's, it's come from a few places over the years. Steph made the first few uh, over the years, uh, so I'm grateful to her. Uh, more recently, we've had art from Phil Tastic, Phil Menza, a Fat Moose Comics customer uh, who's an artist and a YouTuber in his own right. And he's, he's done the art for the Longer Halloween, the Longer Halloween, uh, and the Oldest in New Jersey event that I did last year, uh, and for this For All Seasons event. So I'm, you know, I'm very grateful to them. There's also the piece... Uh, by uh, Chris Giarusso that's uh, hanging over my shoulder there, the original art for The Homecoming, our aborted uh, 2020 event, uh, all about how we were going to do Undiscovered Realm Comic Con and Alternate Realities is going to be a convention vendor and Bill was going to fly in. You know, though, now I'm wondering, were you really going to fly in? I would have flown in. Come on. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, these folks have contributed art over the years and I greatly appreciate it. And then this is going back to the very beginning. And I know I've thanked these guys before, but it, you know what? They helped me out in the beginning when they, you know, they didn't need to, and I appreciate it. But uh, Greg Schiegel, a comic book creator and podcaster, uh, very early on when I was like, all right, I want to do a podcast, I reached out to him because he, he had done what's called Stuff Said. Uh, he also does a Tom Cruise uh, movie rewatch podcast called Cruising Along, so check or Cruising Together. Uh, so check that out. But he sent me this whole this whole document about what you need to make a podcast because. Just like a comic book shop, there's a lot more that goes on than people than people realize. Uh, so he sent me that, and it really helped get me started. And yeah, there are guides online and stuff like that, but getting it from a trusted source was super helpful. And then Doug, Doug Desher, Double D from our from our group who works in radio, he met me at Alternate Realities one night when I had just gotten the equipment, and we sat down and we set it up, and he showed me he showed me what to do, and that was invaluable as I was starting out. And I'll never forget. You know, most people, the first time they put on headphones and they talk into a microphone and they hear their voice, they don't like it. Not me. <laughs> I was like, this is great. <laughs> this is amazing. And that launched this whole podcast thing. So those guys, you know, were there at the start helping me, you know, get this off the ground. And then I, I'm not going to continue to single people out because we would be here forever. But honestly, every guest who has come on the show, every comic shop who has opened their doors to us, 
whether to feature their store or in the case of Aya and Spider's Web, they just let us record stuff there and take up space on their table, right? When after alternate reality is closed. Uh, so I'm very grateful to them. The audience, you know, for people who have been with us from the beginning, people who came in later, people who maybe have dropped off, but now they're listening to the series finale after, after a long gap. I'm just immensely grateful that anybody has listened, let alone the amount of people who have. And last but certainly not least, the patrons. You know, I launched the Patreon in, in 2018, and it's it's grown. And over the years now, we've picked up more people from Digging for Kryptonite. But there are people there who have been with me since, since the beginning, uh, and I'm very grateful for them. And that has allowed me to cover all of the costs associated with making these podcasts. So it, it's a huge help, and I appreciate it all. So my thanks to everybody. One last bit of business before we take a break. Some commercials. Now, normally I drop in pre-recorded commercials, but we're here. Let's just, we just do them live. And I think the first one maybe has already been done, but Fat Moose is one of our sponsors. Rich, is there anything else you want to say about Fat Moose Comics to encourage people to go and check out check out the shop in Whippany, New Jersey? Yeah. Uh, three things I'll say. Um, they're only 30-second plugs, so don't give them too much. No, yeah, well, I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll no, be I'm quick. I'll be, <laughs> I'll well, well, they're a store where it, it's appropriate to exceed the 30 seconds, but... Again, like I said, uh, Sean is so generous and so enthusiastic and so customer service oriented. He is really, really pro the the guy who comes in and wants to buy books. So there again, the great spirit there. It it mirrors what we grew up with. He's got great content, great back issues. And then the other thing he does is a lot of events. There's a lot of times I've gone in there where he gets artists, whether from the Kubert School or others. So his energy, um, uh, whoever said it's the, the best show in New, or the best store in New Jersey, uh, that, that's a, a credo that stands pretty, pretty solid. I think Sean himself said that, but you're right. No, it's a good <laughs> well, well it, it's got merit. It definitely got merit. No, so. thank you for, for speaking about them. Uh, another comic shop sponsor is Acme Comics in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, led by Lord Retail. You know, Lord Retail and Sean Hendricks are two guys, and we've talked about them a lot. They've been on the show a lot, but they were both employees of their shops when I met them, right? And started <laughs> having these conversations with them. And now they're they're the owners of their stores. I'm so proud of them. And with Jermaine in particular, they're opening a second location in the downtown area oh, of Greensboro, wow. North Carolina. Like, good for them. Like, that's amazing. Uh, so for anyone in the area, be sure to check out either location uh, for Acme Comics. And they do a ton of mail order as well. So if you're not in the area, but you want to reach out, go to acmecomics.com. They do a newsletter that contains a ton of information. They do a podcast called AcmeCast. They're on eBay as well, alongside Alternate Realities 2.0, a.k.a. Super Odo. Uh, so make sure you check them out there as well. Uh, and, our, and our thanks to, to Acme Comics. Steve, do you want to tell people why they should check out Oh Yeah? Oh, yeah. I just, um, uh, yeah, I just want to add to uh, the whole Lord Retail thing. He's another young, enthusiastic guy who uh, you can just tell from his posts. You can tell he loves this stuff. Um, yes, uh, oh yeah, great shop. Um, I think it's a little different as far as the um, that alternately's camaraderie type thing because Mark is constantly working. I mean, he, he, it, I used to joke that I was the hardest working man in Westchester, and then, and then you kind of realize that Ralph Puma, the father, was a baker, was, worked harder. And did a lot more like local theater and all that other stuff in his free time. Chris Wilcock. Yeah. Chris Wilcock is, is, is mm. to me oh now, <laughs> now the hardest working man. Cause, uh, I don't know how he does what, it. What does he do? Like 30, 35 
conventions around the country. He's got, they're not one of our sponsors, but we love Chris. So we, we yeah, yeah, I mean, he's got Addicted to Ink, the tattoo shop. He's got Undiscovered Realm, the store. Uh, they do a ton of conventions. He's run conventions before. I don't know if you are Con is coming back, but uh, he does the tattoo convention uh, as well. The quantity of, of pops that he orders, collections, ridiculously expensive collections that he purchases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he goes to every um, concert. Yeah, he he's at every concerts concert. all the time. <laughs> and he goes to concerts yeah. all the time. Yeah. yeah it's like, it's amazing. Yeah, he takes pictures with every celebrity I've ever known. And then, and then raising his son. I, I don't know where he gets the energy. And then his trucks are always breaking down. Uh, the, there's always some problem with the conventions going in, getting out. Or it's, it's, it's amazing with the things he has to deal with, flat tires, whatever it is, that uh, he somehow managed to get through in the snowstorms and the, in the torrential rains. But somehow he manages to pull through. He comes out feeling sick. <laughs> but he managed to pull himself together after two days to, to do the next one. Quite uh, the plug for the store. <laughs> yeah. Chris, no. you owe me $10. <laughs> 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 I didn't see you giving him the hook for the 30 seconds. <laughs> no, I, I've never, I've actually not gone to this store. So I don't know what it looks like up there. I mean, years ago when he first opened up. But uh, I mean, I've got to imagine just based on the photographs that uh, it's packed full of everything you could hope for. And plus he's all the interest too, magic and all that, which I never had an interest in. Yeah. But uh, we had, I forget what happened, which is a good thing, I guess. But there was some day where everything was going wrong for us. And I, Steph and I were like, oh my God, like that's what all of his days are like. Like there's always something going wrong. And like I give, I give him so much credit because it would be so easy to just be like, all right, enough. Like I'm not doing this. But he's, he's yeah. like, he keeps very okay. Rocky-esque. Like Persevered. he keeps getting back up and goes through all these days knowing like knowing that there are going to be all these little fires that he has to put out. So yeah, kudos yeah. to him. No, every time he, he posts that he could use help for a delivery or need somebody to do this, or does anybody have a spare tire for whatever? I want to go out there and help him, even though I'm, I'm far away and I don't have that kind of muscle to, to take all those loads up the stairs. But it's like, gee, I wish I could help this guy. You know, and and yeah. you know, that's, that's how good a fellow, a fellow he is. So it'd be good if people patronized his, his place. Yep. Yeah. All right, so check out All Yeah Comics in Harrison, New York, Skokie, <laughs> Illinois, and Muncie, Indiana, three locations. And you know what I want to say for Skokie in particular, uh, that's home to Bernie Gersmeyer, who's become a great friend. He's been on Digging for Kryptonite a bunch of times. And, you know, look, like that's one of those other things. He's originally from the East Coast. Like, I don't know, hypothetically, let's say at some point he, he and his family move back here, right? And he becomes a fixture at, at All Yeah Harrison. Like, that's something that would be an X factor that would change the... Like, he and I have talked for hours and hours and hours about Superman. It's like, if he were there every day or a few days a week, it's like, yeah, I probably would go like just to, just to chat with him. So it's, you know, these things can shift, but yeah. Oh yeah. They do a ton of events, super family friendly. Uh, and really their inventory really, yes, has grown, you know, cause I think about those early days when they were first opening and setting up and it's been eight years, they've been here eight years. Um, and so many alternate realities customers ended up there either initially or then after spider's web temporarily closed before they reopened. I know a bunch of customers went over there. So uh, it's definitely, you know, you go there, you might run into a former, might run into Sean I, McInerney digging through some back issue bins. I, whenever I visit, I, I'll run into somebody that, that used to shop with us. That's nice. Oh, it's, it's uh, that's nice. Yeah. So we all, we have a lot of sponsors. They're very nice. So Philtastic, I mentioned him before, Philtastic, Phil Menza. Uh, so I'm going to read this. Who do you call when you're in trouble? Alien invasion? Call Superman. Bank being robbed? Call Spider-Man. But who can you count on if you want to learn how to make a window bag? Philtastic Comics and Art is here to help. Whether it's fighting FOMO, talking about art, or baking wheat cakes, 
you can count on Filtastic for your comic and art-related infotainment needs. The best part is you don't even need a bat signal. Just look up Filtastic Comics and Art on YouTube. Subscribe today to keep up on everything Filtastic. He does a great job. He does these live shows. Uh, by the time this airs, I will have already done it, but I'm doing uh, his live show uh, in, in a couple of days. We'll be talking about the series finale of the show, and hopefully we'll get some more people to tune in. Uh, so yeah, make sure that you, you, you check that. A nice guy, family man. He has a young child. He and his wife are now expecting another. Uh, just, uh, again, another one of those fat moose people who have kind of, we've had this cross, this alternate realities <laughs> fat moose crossover, uh, and has just been super supportive. So uh, my thanks to him as well. We also have fest- film festivals uh, sort of a family of festivals. It's Brightside Tavern in New Jersey, in Jersey City. Hang on to your shorts in Asbury Park. Point Lookout on Long Island and Round Reel in Bloomfield, New Jersey. So the, my Jay Mizell movie played at Hang on to Your Shorts and Brightside Tavern. And so I've experienced these festivals as a filmmaker and they're very well run. And the organizer's name is CJ Cullen. He does podcasts. He does a Hang on to Your Shorts podcast and the Cullen on Film podcast. So make sure you check those out. And yeah, I mean, if you're a filmmaker... Uh, or you just love indie film, I definitely recommend checking out those festivals. I was happy to to be a part of them. Let's see. Oh, shout out to Sam Lim, uh, educator, hobby comic book collector, and pop culture enthusiast. Sam is based in the South Jersey area and is looking to connect with other comics fans as well as retailers. They're looking for shops to explore, so recommendations are welcome. Be sure to follow Sam on Instagram at SZL Comics to see their latest comic pickups and shop adventures. Uh, this is a very new sponsor, this next one, and this is really more for Digging for Kryptonite. But nevertheless, give them a shout out. Always hold on to Smallville, the Smallville Rewatch podcast hosted by my buddy Zach Moore. I've been on it a bunch of times. It's If you're a Smallville fan, to any degree, you got to check this out. He's already into season nine, going episode by episode through Smallville. And it's a great listen. If you love Smallville or if you're just mildly interested in it, definitely want to make sure you check out Always Hold On to Smallville on all major podcast platforms. I'm not really going to plug my Patreon. If you haven't signed up for it at this point, you know, I don't know. But patreon.com slash Anthony Desiata, I would appreciate it. It really helps. And the last thing is that we are an affiliate of BCW Supplies. So the next time you need to restock on comic book bags, boards, boxes, and more, be sure to use promo code FSP to save 10%. Because, of course, FSP is for Flat Squirrel Productions. So the, the name and legacy live on. It really helps support the show. I don't log in a lot to check my affiliate account, but the last time I did, like a lot of people have used the code. It's, it was kind of staggering to see the numbers there. So thank you to everyone who has used the code. And if you haven't, again, bcwsupplies.com, promo code FSP, you get 10%. A little bit comes my way. It really helps a lot. Uh, So thank you to everyone who has. And if you haven't, please do. All right. Shall we take a break? Sounds good. All right. We'll be right back.
And we're back. Steve and Rich have switched seats. Bill, do you think that I feel like like Rich has aged about ten or fifteen years uh, since we took our break, and and Sko I, looks I so youthful. Say, I don't. Know. It's, I was going to say, Rich, that chair is very slimming. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, we still have to do our big draft, which we'll explain to the audience. That I can't wait. That's it's a main event. But of course, we'll also talk about what we've been up to. I have some audience questions and comments that I want to read. But how are you guys all doing so far in this episode? What have we not talked about yet that you're like, oh, we got to talk about this? Because I want to make sure everyone has an opportunity here. And as much as I have my my list here, it's, it's, it's all of our episode. What you got? I think it's going great. I just, I just like, I like sitting around talking. This is like the old days. This yeah, is I'll what talk we, to you guys. Yeah, yeah I'll talk I mean, to you guys all day. Yeah. I, uh, it, this is very uh, enjoyable. Yeah. One it's of the fair. reasons the podcasts are so good is because this is not just the four of us here, but everybody who listens is as if they're sitting here or at the store, standing at the counter or whatever, listening to us talk about nonsense and being part of it and it's and reliving the, the fun and the laughs. And, and the, the friendship. The friendship. <laughs> that should be a cat. Yeah. That should be a t-shirt. <laughs> I Bill. <laughs> I have to say, I do always I'll love- it. I do always love- uh, <laughs> shout out to, to matt casey the first time you were on the show rich in season one it was you and casey together and <laughs> deep into the episode he was like oh my god if i have to hear one more time about the friendship and the fun it's like joey tribbiani on friends when he's like writing that letter for uh it, it, where it's either because he's going to perform the ceremony or I, yeah that's what it was he was going to officiate the wedding and he comes up with this whole thing about having and holding and he just like he's saying over and over <laughs> not that you I, do that not that you do that but i i Today, I haven't done it yet. No, but listen. Okay. <laughs> the day's still young. <laughs> while while, while we're, we're catching up and we're talking about the audience, as I've said, uh, as the years have gone by, I, I, I don't tend to hear a ton from people when I put out new episodes of this show. I tend to hear more these days on Digging for Kryptonite, whatever we're talking about, and uh, I hear more on that front. But, whoa, Rich, did I hear from people after your Blu-ray revelation oh there's no doubt in my mind when i went into when i went into uh fat moose uh the first well two things you've told me this i'll make it fast but some some guy said i really have a radio voice but um then sean goes yeah this is rich roney you're the guy that doesn't know how to use the blu-ray <laughs> so <laughs> So for any new audience members, <laughs> yeah. if you're new to the show, <laughs> last episode, uh, we were winding down. Really, I was wrapping up. I thought that was it. And I was like, hey, do you have anything else? And I thought, I thought we were going to be done. And then you volunteered this revelation that- Moment of weakness. Contrary to what you had told me, you had actually not hooked up your flat screen television and Blu-ray player, but instead had gone out and bought a portable Blu-ray player. And that's what you were watching it on. Now, I was- it was it made for great podcasting, honestly. And I put the video clip of that segment up online. Did you put the video clip of your facial reactions? Because it's all there, man. Cool. It's all there. And so I got there were there was a range of reactions. It was this was fascinating. Your wife, Steve Ann, reached out on Facebook. She said, Desi dear, for your blood pressure and your family's sake, I recommend you abandon the quest to die on this particular hill. I hear many of Rich and Steve's conversations, and that cat will never jump i.e. you hooking up your blu-ray player, which I wrote back and I was like, I'm not on a quest. I assume, and this is this is the thing that I think is important to, to re- remind the audience here. And this is what I, I wrote to Anne. I said, I assumed 
the Blu-ray ship sailed long ago, right? Like, you know, especially now, like there's no doubt in my mind that, that you're not going to set it up. It was that, it was the ruse and the revelation. That's what, you know, that's what got me. But there was that. My mom commented, she said, Anthony, we need to have a conversation. And, you know, after that, I'm like, my gut was that she was going to say I was mean to you in the episode. That's where I thought that was going. But it wasn't. The opposite. She was like, or not even that she was mad at you, but she was like, basically, like chastising me for being gullible, like that I allowed you to hoodwink yeah. me about this. And I was like, I'm pretty generally fairly a fairly skeptical person. And I don't believe I'm gullible. It's just that it sound it like, why on earth would he volunteer that he hooked it up when he didn't? And then it was a lie. Like yeah. the idea that that's, that's what, like, that's what, that's what got me about it. It was a moment of weakness when I told the truth. I should have sustained the original lie, but the the episode would have been much shorter. It was great. Listen, more more feedback. So from one of our longtime customers, Aten Ronker, right? Oh, yeah. He said, this is all on Facebook. He said, so funny. As you point out, it's literally the same as setting up a smaller TV and DVD player. But in Rich's defense, it's not about that. And this gets at a larger issue, Rich, that I want to bring up. When did it this isn't become irrational. psychoanalysis? Well, but people had, no, people really, there were a couple of, there were a couple along this track. Uh, he said, it isn't a rational thing. It's basically technophobia, which is way more prevalent than you may imagine. And not just among older people either, although there is a generational factor to it. God knows I'm not getting any younger and I confess I'm far from tech savvy. Uh, it depends, I guess, on how motivated any individual is to accomplish whatever tech dependent goal they might have. Not everyone has the same goals or same level can of you, motivation. Can you forward that to me? I want to use that tech, uh, tech phobia. And we also had something from uh, another listener, Brian Dempsey, who said he was relating something that a, a teacher had told him a long ago. The teacher said, when you ask most people, not everyone, but most, why they did or are doing something, they'll give you a good reason, but they don't always give you the real reason. And Brian says, I believe she's right. I've caught myself providing a plausible explanation over how I really feel or think a good reason, not the real reason, usually out of embarrassment or an attempt to keep something to myself I don't want shared. So all this to say, I don't know that Rich has given you the real reason why he is so reluctant to accept these items and adapt to using them. I wish you luck in your quest to find the answers. There's this theme that there's more going on here. And I guess while we're here for the series finale, I mean, I don't know. Is, I mean, and, and, and this is not to, you know, to, to even to make fun. Do you think it is it like the technophobia thing? Does that kind of resonate? Uh, you guys are my best friends, so I'm going to be as honest as I can. I think it's just that I'm lazy and I procrastinate. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, well, Bill, do you, what do you, I will toss it to you. What do you think? I don't think he's, I think, I think, uh, like, like Ann said so eloquently, it's just, he's just not going to do it and that's fine. Let's just, you know, he doesn't want to do it. And I agree. Yeah. I Why think does he just need a, to? doesn't want to do it. Cause I mean, if you volunteered to drive over there and just said, I'll only be here for five minutes, set it up, you know, get out of your hair. He said, no, it's okay. No, that'll be it. Mm -hmm. You know, so, um. And it's still mint in box, right? So he can sell it in twenty years for uh, as, a, as an antique. <laughs> what a sea change before and after yeah. the break. I, you know, look. Let's we, go back to stories in Jersey. We, look, we've talked about it enough, and I don't want to belabor the point. I guess I, I don't. Wow. Here, I was worried you were going to bring up my ice, the, the girls in high school you wanted to fix me up with. You said, don't talk about oh, those. Oh, can we talk about that? No, I, you said those, <laughs> those are forbidden subjects. Oh, Rich, we're all going to miss the uh, phone call this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to get a voicemail. Dead, dead. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get a voicemail. You son of a bitch. <laughs> well, 
uh, while we're here, Rich, are there any other revelations? That anything else you want to reveal in the series finale here? It's a safe space. We're all friends. Is there anything else that you've been sitting on? Now's the time. Yeah. It's a safe yeah. space. If you guys ever get to Scranton and see a guy just like me with a different name, keep on walking. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> You've assumed someone's identity? No, actually, this is the cover story. Oh. I see. All right. I think that's as far as we're going to get on this Blu-ray thing. I just don't think it's... Uh, my. This is the last thing I'll say. I feel like if it were procrastination, you wouldn't go out to the store to buy a portable Blu-ray. But that's, to me, what undermines the procrast- procrastination, because the time that it would take and the effort that it would take. So I feel like, I don't know, whatever other reason it is. But it's as long as you're happy, you're enjoying the content that you want to enjoy on whatever screen that works for you, beautiful. I love it. All right. We'll leave Rich alone now. Uh, can you take that this portable Blu-ray player and hook it up to your big TV to to actually put the TV the Blu-ray in there and watch it on the big screen? Maybe I don't know. It should be theoretically possible, right? Because it really yeah, is just sure. a player with a screen. Yeah, yeah, I bet there's connectors for it. Yeah, okay. Uh, Why don't you look into that, Rich? Let us know. <laughs> on this note of sort of Facebook comments and just like new stories uh, and things, that, or at least things that I didn't know, Steve, you posted this a while back, and this was totally news to me. You wrote. Within our first two months of opening alternate realities, we hire two high school kids to work part time. Oh, yeah. One kid, Troy, I remember as a good, quiet, hard worker. The other was a privileged <laughs> little blank named Jed, who thought he was smart, smarter than everyone, and stole valuable comics, non-sport cards, and cash from us. On his last day before heading off to college, we had the Greenberg police waiting for him. After some questioning, he confessed, was accompanied to his house, and returned with the stolen property. And his father, who wrote a check to us, personally, I wanted blood and vengeance, but the store needed to recover the money. And then you had you posted the police property report uh, from that incident because because I'm cleaning up the papers and I still have the stuff from 1992. <laughs> like, I, did you know you know this guy, Bill? No, no, this, this is way before. Way before. Time. This is first year. This is the very first year. But you never even heard of him. No. Yeah, he never made his way into the stories, as far as as far as I know. No, I kept track on him over the years. Well, because I knew where he was going to college, and uh, I see where he's worked, where he got jobs. You know, so and Steve Oda never forgets. So one day, revenge. As far as other Facebook posts of yours, Steve, you're posting a lot about those popettes, those powdered donuts. Oh, yeah. And someone commented basically saying, like, how many boxes of these are you going through? <laughs> well, what, what's, uh, what's the deal? You, you, there's a certain number that you, you expect to have in a box. On the outside, it says a certain weight, net weight. And I opened it up and I would count them. It would be 19 normally. So once in a while, you get 20 and say, oh, I win. Sometimes you get 18. It's like, uh. But actually, 18 is more than the weight on the box. So they did cover themselves that way. But the other day, I got 17. I was a little upset. That there, You've been but posting I, about I, that. I don't, need, I don't need a whole box every day. <laughs> no, you know, no. I buy a box, and I might have like three, maybe five. And then I'll have it the next day and maybe skip a day. And then by the end of the week, they're a little hard. But, you know, with coffee, it didn't know. I hope your listeners are very excited about what we are up to nowadays. (laughs) You know, it's it's funny. So on Facebook, right, you see your memories of what you posted on this day in the past. And so whenever I see posts from like my college days, it's usually television related. Like, can't wait to get home to watch White Collar. Mm -hmm. And I say to myself, it's like, man, my my problems and my concerns were so minuscule 
at this point in time, right? Like the level of responsibility and tasks that I have now is like vastly beyond what it was at that time. And so I look back and I'm like, oh, like that's like a quaint. It's like, that's what my day was about. Like, oh, I'm going to go home and watch a show. With you, I mean, I know you have you have a lot of you've, a lot on your plate too. So you have various considerations. I'm not diminishing anything, but at the same time, like thinking back to the stuff that used to get your blood pressure up about the store and like everything that was going wrong, and we see it now from Sean Hendricks. Like he put like well, UPS didn't bring my books. Like the, the power's out. The credit card machine's not working. So I guess there's a part of me that's like happy for you when I see like if the worst thing about your day is that they gave you 19 popettes instead of 20. I'm like that's not that bad. So I'm happy to see that. Uh, and this the whole thing about seeing life in a different light. To me, I, I look at that and said, you know, if I got a flat tire and that's the worst thing that happened to me today, it's a good day. So even though I like that, that night where I had the flat tire, it's like, thank God it happened in my own driveway, White Plains. Because if I were in the middle of 684 or something, then what a headache that would be. I have to get towed and all this stuff. And then I could just call, contact Tesla and they came the next day and fixed it and called me and said it's fixed. So I had to come back to White Plains to get it. So, you know, things like that, like... In the grand scheme of the world and what's going on, if 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 uh, you know, getting getting poison ivy is the worst thing that happened, it's like well, it could be much worse. So it's like what what you know, no complaints. And then the other thing you post about all the time now are your uh, you, you know is about your entry into the world of comics restoration. You're pressing comics. You're doing all this stuff. It's fascinating. Oh, it's a fa- I wish I'd learned to, to do it years ago. You know, it's, I'm uh, super impressed, Steve. Like Some of it came the out photos nicely. that you post, incredible. What a difference! Yeah. You know, it's like it, it makes you look at your own collection and said, "I say I could have, I could have improved everything." But the problem is now you look at every comic book and say, "I can make this a little bit better." You know, I can make it from a VG to a fine. It's like it's not worth the time or the money. It's, it's the mo- the monetary difference is nothing. But it's just personally, you just look at it and say, "This is a nice looking book, presents well." Um, but. Uh, yeah, in the beginning, but you've gone all out, Steve. You've gotten the press. You got the UV light. Yeah, uh, the, oh, the, this the, week, you were experimenting with sodium bicarbonate and yellowing plastic on figures. That I didn't mean, work. I've got to try something else. <laughs> I, I was, still very impressive. I was, I was thinking you were going to help me on that one. Uh, I so figured, I think yeah, there's probably ways to do it, but yeah, it's, um, I mean, there there are guys out there, are companies out there selling stuff, which I think is just crap. So I don't want to even bother. But uh, but uh, yeah, interesting stuff. I wish I'd learned how to do this. Before. I thought you were going to bring your press today. Uh, well, I thought you said don't bring. Uh, <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> kidding, <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't, don't bring show and tell stuff. But uh, no, but so you got you got your comic press restoration. You're eBaying. You have moved. We talked about that last time when you were on, and you've sort of rebuilt alternate realities at the new place, right? What else? Anything else you want to share with folks about what you're doing? How you spend your days? How you spend your time? Big news. You want big news? Oh yeah. I'm going to be a grandfather. Oh, congratulations. Oh, that's so great. Didn't say anything for a couple of months because you want to wait three months or something. Yeah. But now, uh, uh, oh my gosh, there's going to be a crown princess coming uh, in March. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm so happy for them and for you. That's that's wonderful. So I'm buying diapers and stuff like that. So Evan doesn't have to spend the money. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) you know, it's, uh, very excited. You know, it's, uh, he, he, uh, He's sort of lost interest in a lot of the things we used to collect, the Star Wars and all those toys, but uh, even the Godzilla. But uh, Lord of the Rings is his big thing, so he's going to make sure she gets indoctrinated to that. I'm going to make sure she's indoctrinated to uh, Japanese Japanese food, Godzilla. (laughs) 
Oh, Grandpa Sco. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, we'll keep the podcast going, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very excited. Very, oh, I'm, so I'm very excited. Uh, it's it's uh, scary. Yeah. But um, here we go. Next phase. Next phase. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Now I can't throw anything out. Oh, All those great. like kids' books and stuff. It's like, well, I should keep it for the granddaughter. Uh, a few more audience, uh, a few more audience comments and questions. Dan Pritchard, who we mentioned a moment ago, uh, has a question for you, Steve. Oh. I could answer this, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, Dan says, "Wind his meaning Steve's wind his age back twenty years. He opens a hybrid brick and mortar slash online shop. It's after the Marvel DC movie phenomenon. Does that make him happy? So, if you were opening a store, you're younger, you had more of an online component, and it's in the wake of the Marvel DC movie boom." Does that? Do you think you'd have an easier time? You'd be happier. Oh, if, if you I were, were like, open today, essentially, but, yeah, I'd but be you're young, mid forties. Yeah. Uh, would I be happier? Yeah. Would that make you happy? I doubt it. I figured. I doubt it. I, thought, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm assuming I still have that mental. I, I I know how hard it is, and considering the the amount of product that's being put out today, the the kind of crap that uh, how expensive all this stuff is. Um, you know, how hard it is to do a brick and mortar, even with an online thing as, as a supplement. And then, yeah, we'd have to do shows. I mean, I guess you guys would love it. We'd be doing shows every weekend. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it does wear away at you. Maybe we could do it for a couple of years before we said, this is killing me. Look, I think, yeah, I think it's the, it's physically, de- with the stores and the convention, right? They're physically demanding. But then, yeah, just in terms of the energy on a, on an intellectual slash emotional level that you need to muster and to kind of be on like that all the time. It really, it does, it does wear you down. Yeah. I can't keep, I wouldn't be able to keep up with the storylines and all the different artists and all that kind of stuff. There's so many people and there's so much talent, you know, looking at the videos of people walking up and down artist alley and people you've never heard of and people you will never hear about again, but there's so much talent there. It's like, you know, how many of these are going to get the break to, to making the big time? True. Yeah. All right. Last couple of comments. Phil Tastic Phil said, I just want to say this series has been such a pleasure to listen to. It's one I recommend often. Job well done. Thank you. Frank Del Rio says, Hope you break your word and do a reunion episode once a year or maybe once every other year. Again, I don't think that's in the cards, but I appreciate that. Uh, Jay says, JD says, Sad. I really enjoyed the ride. It would be epic if you could get a Jeff Wong appearance or update, but I'm excited to listen. I'm so sorry. I really did try. Uh, does, does anyone even know what he is? Do you, like Bill, is there anything on his Facebook page that indicates what he's doing? No, okay. So he's out there in the world, but we don't know. Uh, and then again, this whippersnapper pops up again. Steve Odo, when's the next finale after this one? I want to write it down in my schedule for next year. Fair enough. All right. So what do we have next? Oh, I think this is a good time for my little, my little surprise. Nothing crazy, but I think you guys, Steve in particular, will enjoy this. So best I just share it and then we can discuss. Bill, you should be able to hear this. If not, I, I'm sorry, but you should be able to hear it through uh, through our video conferencing okay. uh, platform here. So uh, this will run for a few minutes, and I, I I think this is something that we'll we'll all enjoy. And I was happy to put this together. Frank here. Um, just want to say, miss alternate realities, miss you guys. A uh, little throwback: the rack over here came from the old alternate reality store, so I got a little piece of the store. Here with me, always remember the good times. Hi, this is George Lentino, reserve number 31. Finding alternate realities and meeting Steve when we moved to Yonkers in 1997 was a big deal for me. I've gone to a lot of LCSs over the years, but I really felt at home at AR. 
Steve was friendly and helpful as soon as he realized I was going to pick up my hold every week and never leave him <laughs> hanging. Even when I moved all the way up to northern Westchester, I had to come back once a month to get my AR fix. Steve, Sean, and Brandon were always ready to chat. When my kids were born, I'd bring them in every week, and every year for my kids' birthdays, Steve would have a Wonder Woman action figure or a comic book set aside for my daughter and son. Thanks, Steve, for all the AR memories. I miss it still. Hey, my name is Jason Medina. I was a regular customer at Alternate Reality. I used to enjoy going there a lot with my brother. And it was always nice going there and seeing the guys, Steve and the other Steve and Sean, and even in the earlier days, Anthony, especially when Jay was there, because Jay was just so much fun to listen to. <laughs> but uh, I'm glad I'm still friends with some of these people. And it's nice to know that Anthony's doing these video documentaries for Steve because it's good that the store be remembered because it was a great place. Jeremy Fretkin, longtime customer. I have such wonderful memories of going there with my buddy Will, my dad. Uh, not only was it a place to share our common interests and passions, but uh, all these years later, it led me to a great relationship with Anthony and countless hours of podcasting and something that I and so many people love. You know, it was a place to not only talk about our common interests, but uh, a beautiful place where uh, everybody felt like a community and they belonged. You kind of got that feeling as soon as you walked in. It was one of those places that was more than a place, if that makes any sense. Thanks so much, guys. Hi, this is Andy. My reserve number is long since lost to the mists of time. Uh, but I'm the guy that dressed up as Adam West Batman for Batman Day at the store. And I miss alternate realities. I realized the other day that I still have the phone number programmed into my cell phone. Uh, and like a person lacking sanity, I kept it, even though the store is long gone. Uh, I miss the sense of community, and I'll buy my comics online, which is not the same. I still stalk auto from afar on Facebook. Um, we shall never see its like again. Sad. Thank you. Hey, this is Frank Martin. Lucky number AR50. I'll always remember it because it's a nice, strong, solid number that I had every time that I came into the shop. And... I'm a comic writer and creator now, but 25, 30 years ago, I was just a kid who went to alternate realities every week to pick up his books, hang out with the, the staff, talk to Steve behind the counter. It's a place that birthed my love for comics, and I'll always have appreciation of that. This is Kara Shamborski. Oh. I was an alternate realities uh, customer slash family member for about 10 years, and I still think of it as my local comic shop, even though it only exists in our minds now. Uh, it meant so much to me, gave me space to be a nerd, and I will always remember fabulous business wisdom, like everything sells. The question is when and at what price, even you, Flipper Action Figure. This is Alternate Reality's most famous customer, Chad from Nickelback, file number 43. <laughs> Hey guys, how you doing? It's Sandro. Um, Anthony, thanks for uh, having me part of all this. Uh, I just got to say that I, I miss you guys tremendously. Uh, I was number 43. Uh, I do know that I have that nickname that you guys came up with. Um, Anthony, while I got a chance to get to know you after, uh, after the store closed much better, I did know Steve very well. I have to say that I did not know Rich and Bill when the store was going on. But having listened to all these podcasts, uh, I wish I did know them. It's clear that these guys are just absolute gems. Uh, I hope you guys are all doing well. And uh, please don't tell me this is the last one, okay? Oh, oh, bravo. 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 How did you get all these guys? 
Well, I wanted to do something special for yeah, for, for Bravo. really nice for them and for us. Oh. So we we talk a lot on the show about our crew, right? The friends of the store and owners and, and employees who go out to dinner together. And this is not to discount that group. We, we we love each other tremendously. But I think especially for this series finale, I was thinking a lot about the and I don't say this in a in a dismissive way at all. I say it lovingly, the quote unquote supporting cast of our TV show, the 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 customers who were there and were part of the fabric of the store, even if they didn't necessarily come out to dinner with us, they were a huge, huge part of the alternate realities experience. And I know we've referenced a bunch of them over the years, but I wanted to create a space for them to to be able to share their thoughts. And I, I thought you in particular would would enjoy hearing from some of these people again. Oh yeah, it's great. I mean, they're all good people. You know, now now because I don't again, I don't sit around thinking about it all day long. But you know, you think number forty eight at Castro, you think about uh, God, so many of them. You know, it's uh, you know Tom O'Sullivan, we still still in touch with. Um, but it, it's just. Uh, God, I mean, I want to think about like Sandro, who's right. I've known Sandro for decades. Sandro. I feel so bad. I've called him Sandro all these years, but he said it's Sandro. So Sandra. I've been mispronouncing it slightly. I'm sorry. But, but I call him Nickelback anyway, Nickelback. so it's all right. <laughs> but, uh, and he, man, did he nail that. You know, I, I feel like he'll probably do something, but he really leaned into it. God damn, was that great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, I know that's what, what some of these guys are doing. You know, the the soccer teams and all that other coaching, whatever. And um, it's... It's just really nice to see. That's this is probably a very uh, touching thing. Uh, thank you very much. Welcome. Uh, I got you, man. I, I put the call out on Facebook to to former customers I'm friends with. So it was a you know it was a, a decent sized list, and you know there were some who were like, "Oh, I'll get something to you," and eh, it didn't happen. And some who you know had something come up, whatever. I'm so grateful to the people who uh, you know who sent something in because it was really nice to look. Jeremy's an example. I we podcast all the time. Like I'm in regular contact with him, but mo- most of the rest I'm not. So it was nice to. Nice to see see these people again and hear from them. That was very, very heartwarming, very touching. Well, that's a perfect segue now, right? So the thing that I had I had asked you guys to think about in advance of this, and this ties into what I had mentioned before about our draft. So I had this idea, going back to the quote from the beginning of, of the show here from the Scrubs finale, when JD turns that corner and he says that all the people he thought of came at him in a wave of shared experience, for, for anyone who hasn't seen the show, as JD is walking down that that last hallway, he sees all of the the supporting characters and the and the the notable guest stars who have been part of the show over the years. And he walks past them, and a few of them have kind of final final words for him. And it's a beautiful moment that really just kind of shows this whole world that we've been watching over all of these years. And so I was thinking, if we were to build an imaginary final walk through the aisle of alternate realities. Who are the people the four of us would want to populate populate that aisle with, right? So it's not, I'm not thinking necessarily of, again, the friends of the store who all go out to dinner, but more so, again, the the supporting cast, the the customers who were there, whether they were there all the time or maybe they they popped in once, but they made a really memorable impression. So I had this idea of doing a draft where we'll go around, we'll take turns, and we'll do a few rounds of it where we each make a pick of who we want to have there. Now, the disclaimer is this, and I say this for us, but especially for, for the audience, for any customers who might be listening. This isn't, it's not a popularity contest. It's not, oh, who are the customers we love the most? You might pick, I'm looking at you in particular, Steve, like you might, you know, you might pick somebody who drove you nuts, but it's sort of, they were part of the fabric of the experience of alternate realities and they earned their spot there. So that's all to say that, 
if, if for anyone who, who maybe might not be picked in this, it's not, it's not a condemnation in, in any way. We're sort of thinking about this in terms of the, of the entertainment value of, of who we might see here, if, if this makes sense. Everybody on board? Steve looks very You can very also remind the, reader, the listeners that it's been a decade. <laughs> yes, yes. It's, it's, this is very, very true. But this is the if idea. If we leave anybody out, sorry. This is, that's tough. I mean, I mean, for me, it's 23 years of people. Well, I mean, I'm, I, I, I can go back, as bad as my memory has become, I can go back to the very beginning. I remember the little kids came in. That's no. okay. Look, here's I, the thing. I, it's, but it, it's no judgment. It's endless. It's endless. I mean, it would take hours. I could just run off from from 1992. You know, obviously Gene wait, wait. and Kevin. So but, we're, we're, well, but it's 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 okay. Okay. Well, this this is, I, I don't again. think this is how he planned it. <laughs> no. So I'm not talking about like Kevin and Gene, like the co-founders of the store. I'm talking about again these. But that's why I texted you guys. Like, think about who you would want to draft and. I'm sure there are people you'll think of who I've never met and I have no idea. And same, you know, Bill and I worked largely at different eras of the store. I'm sure we have different picks. Rich, you know, wasn't usually there on a Wednesday, but he was there on a Saturday. I mean, he might have completely different picks. So, you know, we're kind of, we'll come at this from different angles and it's all right. And, but, you know, I know he's, oh, there's so many, but we're really, I think maybe we'll do four rounds, four or five rounds. So if we each have like a handful of people that we want to, and if one person picks your person, you got to come up with somebody else. He looks pass. at me like I like I have not. Yeah, Rich is gonna pass. Steve is just confused. Bill, no, we'll you'll we'll no. just do this. <laughs> no, Rich came prepared. This is what I text. This is like list. the one bit of oh homework. Oh my god, I made a list. I don't so, think I got the email. Yeah, you know what? I was just as a side note. One time years ago, when we did our Westie's Best Customer episode, we had an audience member who who had a little bit of a negative comment on Facebook, and he wrote like, "You need to prep Steve more." for these episodes. Cause I guess I was asking you for things and you didn't have anything. And I think Do I just, your homework. and I think I just let it go. Cause in my head, I'm like, I've tried, like I, you know, <laughs> he's not really preppable net per se. So here's an example where I told him to think about this. I don't get, I didn't get the email. It's, it's right, in, it the in the text. It's a text. Do you want to go? Do you want to go last? So you have a few. You have a few times where, or do you want to go first? Well, I, I got a million people in here I could mention. So great. So just pick five of them. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. We'll, well go. We'll do talk one about at, those one early kids though. Really quick. Talk about those early kids. Didn't we see a video of that John Ralphio guy? And Steve was like, "Oh, he used to come to the store." What's that guy's name? I can't think of his name right now. Oh yeah, Ben Schwartz. He's a you know big. He's a John yeah, Ralphio on uh, Parks and Recreation. He's the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, he's a customer at the store. Right, but he but he had he in a video he like talked about it right that yeah. you would share it with us. And then I tweeted him and he responded very. It was very nice. Celebrity oh. customer. You know what? I think uh, I I didn't I didn't randomize an order, but I think I think Bill I I would love for you to go first. Who's your first pick? So my first pick, somebody I always enjoy talking to at the store, I think number 122, Mike Capolino. Mm. I think nice. he would be somebody I would love to see. Give him a high five. Yep. I cannot believe your first pick wasn't Jeff.h. I can't believe it. But that's well, right. Jeff.h is still in my phone. And so is the store's number too, by the way. All right. Um, oh, the one other thing, when you make your pick, you don't have to but, give... But the- all right, Jeff Wong. Is, is also not a supporting character. I mean, he's like one of the guys. Like, what are we talking about? Like the ancillary characters? I picked wrong then. I, I think Anthony said it can be anyone that made an impression. So it can be someone you saw, you know. Do we have to tell a story? I thought story? it was like, not like no. the big oh. name guys. Well, it, well here's, where it's, here's where it's a matter of perspective, Bill. Because during my time, I don't think Jeff ever came out to eat with us, but he did in your time. So like in my mind, yeah. I really just knew him in the capacity as a customer. 
Whereas for you, I guess maybe there was more of that time where he was coming out. So that 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 one kind of walks a line. You don't have to necessarily tell a story. I mean, give people some context for who the person is. And then the last thing is you don't have to do this either. But if you want to give them a line, like when JD is walking down the hallway, some of the people in the hospital are, are saying things to him that are callbacks to prior episodes. You can if you want, but you don't have to. But all right. So number one, Mike Capolino, Excellent pick. He was on my list, so I got to cross him off. Rich Roney. Here. Um, you did say you could give someone uh, as you're walking down who shoots something back. I'm going to see some thin, scrawny, early 60-year-old guy who who shouts at Steve, my daughter does love me. <laughs> a nod to the to the, uh, the final customer. <laughs> reality is perfect. That's excellent. Steve, would you like to go second to last or you want to the, well, no, the last I mean, spot? Uh, no, it doesn't matter. Who do I remember? I remember uh, back in 1992, uh, there was a family who had a a young, I guess, a, what are you, a foreign exchange student staying with them in Scarsdale. She was from Denmark. Um, I thought one of the most beautiful girls I'd ever seen. And, uh, of course, I can't remember her name. I guess I could if I thought about it. But uh, <laughs> I talked to her and I said, how do you say I love you in Danish? And she taught me, and I don't think I pronounced it right, but... I remember years later, I was at a uh, Pittsburgh zombie con, and there was a girl working for like one of the Pittsburgh uh, art art uh, uh, schools, and uh, I looked at her and I said, "This girl is Danish," and sure enough, I used the line. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> there you so, go. Yeah, nice. That's a remember. That's a memory. All right, and then I have my my pick for the end of, of round one. So. I'm going. This is a callback. We've we've mentioned it before and talked about the nickname. I'm pulling in Comic Eater. And in, in this scenario, he's all grown up and this is the pitch that I have for it. So as, as we're walking by all grown up, grown man now, he looks at us and he's like, guys, I never ate my comics. And then he pulls one out and he goes, but I do now. <laughs> That's my pick. Comic eater. comic eater. Shout out to comic eater. I hope he still loves comics. I hope he still enjoys them. And like salivates over them as, as powerfully as he did back then. So that's round one. All right, Bill round two, pick one. Oh man. You know, my memory fades a lot of a lot of people, but one of the people, one of the categories that JD talked about when he walked down the hallway was people that, that have passed on, right? And, and we've lost. And I never knew him enough, but I remember him certainly at the store was Marty. And I remember seeing him all the time when I walked in in the very early days before I started working at the store. And uh, I would believe that he would be a very strong presence in the finale. That's beautiful. I, I knew he would come up at some point. Uh, I never met him, or at least if I did, I was, was too little. And I don't remember, but uh, yeah, his his you know spirit always loomed uh, large in the store. So um, I'm glad to have him represented there. Rich, okay. I I don't know if you guys will know this. You might know. On Saturdays, when Sean was working the store, there was a, a guy about my height, little heavier named Brian, who would come in. I don't know his last name, but he would drop about four or five hundred dollars every time he came in, and he bought both. Uh, uh, you know, figures, all sorts of statue type stuff for both himself and his brother. And I think his brother might have been disabled. I, I don't know. But um, you you put tons of stuff in the back room for him. First name was Brian. Very sweet man. I had some great, great conversations with him. Oh, it's, um, you know who it is. Uh, Sean took care of him a lot. Yeah, no, I just can't remember his last name, but I know exactly who he's talking about. Sure, yeah. Can we say the name? Yeah. Oh, Cal- Calvary. Yeah, that's who it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice man. I, 
I had some just yeah, very he enjoyable. He's a gentleman. A, a, he was a, a real sweet gentleman. man. Yeah. Very, very decent. Yeah. yeah. So. Excellent. Steve, your yeah, next pick. Um, boy. <sighs> I'm, um, I'm trying to remember his name. We had a lot of these type of guys. Um, well, I can't remember him, but I'll, I'll remember Anal, Anal Dave. Anal Dave was a guy who was uh, one of the statue collectors, and he would come in, and because he knew Drew, uh, he'd look at every single, he'd make us open every single statue. We used to order quantities of, of a particular statue, but we'd have to open every one, and he'd have to inspect every single one of them. So there was no like air bubble on Daredevil's ass or whatever. And then he remember that guy, the peck, the best one. And then he'd want it at a discount. Yep. Yeah. And I call him. Remember that Dave. Guy. Yeah. That's some nickname. I thought that story was going in a different direction, but all right, that's good. <laughs> all right. My, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, we're in, we have the rough lover stories. I, you never knew, but okay. My oh. next, my next, Oh my gosh. <laughs> will he pop up remember on this list? Guy? Maybe. Uh, I think my next pick, my first one was, well, I mean, I meant it sincerely, but it was a little aiming more for humor. My next one, Brian Claudio, just like a quintessential AR customer, always dressed head to toe in black, rode his bike to the store, always paid cash, huge Marvel guy, got everything sweet guy, not necessarily, I don't know, like he has this, I only have one pen, all right. <laughs> you guys are killing me. Oh my God. Good thing this is a series finale. All right. <laughs> Shit, I didn't I'm think like, this was going to be every time. No. <laughs> I love you, Rich. Uh, but no, but Claudio, like, I don't think he, like, the, you know, his personality and just his sweetness, like, don't, you know, you wouldn't necessarily expect that from kind of the quote unquote more like biker vibe, even though we're talking a bicycle. But just <laughs> such, a, such a, such a great guy. And he was in the documentary and I went to his place and filmed and he came to so many of the screenings and I ran into him at outside Best Buy, you know, a year or so ago and we caught up and all that. Ran into him at Alamo Draft House for the Aquaman movie a few years ago. Anyway, uh, but again, just like a guy who was always there every Wednesday. I still remember the time. And I don't know if this was a regular thing or what, but I remember one time Tom and I, after we got done working at the store on a Wednesday, we went next door to Casamaya to, to, you know, to grab some dinner or a drink. And he was there at the bar and we realized like he'd been there like all afternoon since yeah, he left. After he left the store, he would always go to Casamaya and drink all afternoon. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, this, this is some routine. Anyway, Brian Claudio, that's my, my next pick. He liked beer. Yes. That's me round. You. <laughs> all right. That's round two. Maybe we'll do five rounds. This is going pretty quick. All right, Bill, kick us off. So, so somebody who helped out in the cleaning of the store in a very big way that I think we would definitely see walking down or walking out. Are we walking out of the store or what are we doing? Yeah, it's on the way out. Oh, we, can leave out. It, we can leave it vague. Trying to navigate the, the aisle. Yeah. We're, we're walking crab-like through the aisles, right? Yes. Uh, I think UPS Jimmy should be on this list. All right, UPS Jimmy. Yeah. Mm. We would not, if he were here for recording, we could keep his mic down very low. His level could be very low because he doesn't need much of a boost. Always remember that booming voice. Well, it would right. probably be called the Mountain Dew and donuts he would be eating throughout the day. Yeah, that's a good pick. Good pick. See, like there are people I wouldn't have even thought of necessarily for this. So I, I, that's why it's great to do this. All right, Rich, your next pick. Uh, this is me leaving and just like uh, the guy in Scrubs seeing all the different people. Uh, but as I walk out, I'd like to come up to Evil Rich Roney and Gene Cahill, 
standing adjacent to one another, and I just get nervous. I figure universe. The world is would corrupt. explode if this happened. <laughs> that's good. I was gonna I was gonna be a stickler and say that's really two, but that's such a good pitch. I think we got to go with that. I love that. Yeah, that's I just had, I had to do that. Evil the joint. Rich Roni. Yeah, yeah, the joint. Yeah. The two of them together. Yeah. Perfect. This is terrible. Which one was Evil Rich Roni? With the beret. He, Gary, oh, Gary oh, Terry. Gary Terry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because you guys got into it over uh, Don Heck. Was that? Yeah. It? Boy, you got a good memory. It. it I had some very enjoyable discussions with, with I guess Terry, um, and we were talking about artists hitting on all cylinders. And then I said, uh, I, I can't stand Don Heck. Not a good move. But I, I would have those two just because universe is merging. That's perfect. All right, Steve. I guess it's just kind of flooding in my head. So many people, but then you can't remember their names. Um, there was a young kid. Our first year, I think it was. His name was Craig from Scarsdale. Um, quiet, nice kid. Uh, I knew that his mom had passed away that first year. Um, but he used to come and hang out with us a lot. And um, decades later, I got an email from him. I guess he's in California or someplace now. But just saying, you know, uh, I had a hard time when I was uh, growing up. But uh, thanks for the store because uh, it was a place for me to go. Wow. Yeah, that was a nice thing. That's really nice. Yeah. That's heartwarming. My fourth or my third pick is I'm going Nickelback. I'm going with Sandro. Just great guy, great customer, always friendly. Uh, and, and as far as nicknames, you know, we did a comic eater, evil Ritronian. We had a bunch of nicknames. We've shared a bunch. There's some ones we couldn't share. And, you know, but this, Nickelback was, I feel like such a, it was such a fun nickname. Although, you know, there's a whole documentary out now about all of the hate that Nickelback has gotten. Cause it's a whole thing online. Like people just dump on the band all the time. And there's this whole documentary about it. And it's insane to me because, and I know people will disagree with me, but like, I like, there are a lot of songs of theirs I like. I feel like this hate is really unjustified. They're clearly popular, clearly successful. They've had this long tenure. They play sold out shows. The song Gotta Be Somebody was big during one of the summers I was working at the store. I heard it all the time. I listened to it in preparation for this. So uh, part of it is in defense of Nickelback, the band, but no, mostly uh, Sandro, our customer, uh, he gets a spot here. And I don't know, maybe he's doing like he did in the video and he's like playing a little Nickelback or he's just like decked out in rock star gear. I don't know, he's something. He's leaning into the Nickelback of it all. So we're gonna go with Nickelback. And that's round three. All right. Oh, man, round four. Go for it, Bill. So if I did this to you guys, would you know who I'm talking about? Jerry Stiller? No, well, do it again. Oh. So Frank, I think- Big Frank. Frank, big, big Frank. Frank, yeah. Frank Marafino should definitely be on our uh, list of people walking out. Um, he was the one, only one who had a handshake that rivaled Rich Roney's handshake, in part because his hand was twice the size of a normal <laughs> person's hand. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, yeah, I big love Frank. Frank. Yeah, good choice. Yeah, that's really good. Rich, um, Tom Doherty. Oh yeah, Tom Doherty. That, that one year that I went to work at Brandon's father's firm downtown, uh, he worked the store Monday through Friday, and then I'd work the store Saturday and Sunday. It was very tiring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was Boy. one of the ones on the list I reached out to, but maybe he got caught up with New Boy, York Boy, I remember Con. the Chris, Christmas season that year. Oh, God. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. We don't need to tell that story. Okay. All right. Uh, Steve, well, you're, before yeah. we move on, he, he, he gave us many great things. Butcher paper, butcher two paper. words, butcher paper, <laughs> butcher paper, or one word, butcher paper. <laughs> and uh, the more you buy, the less you pay, I think. <laughs> that is a classic. That is a classic. All right, yeah. Steve, your fourth pick. Uh, I don't think any of you guys knew her, but there was a young woman named Layla who used to come in. No, no. After hour, it was close to closing, maybe the last half hour before closing. Um, and uh, she was a big X Men fan, and um, you know, we would talk, we'd, we'd, uh, after, you know, she'd buy her stuff, but uh, we would talk for a while. And I thought she was one of the nicest, nicest uh, people. I always thought to myself, if I were 20 years younger. I'd still be older than her, but, but I definitely would have asked her out. And I don't think any of you are knew her. No. Yeah, you know, I remember. Wait, I remember. What's her name? Layla. Layla. I remember her. She's not the girl who came in with the daughter, right? No. The Gilmore Girls. No. The she, uh, her father passed away, and uh, it was a tough time for her and her mom. They owned a house that was pretty much destroyed with uh, Hurricane Sandy. And I remember the, you know, trying to put the whole thing back together. But uh, even after we closed, you know, it's, it's like, you know, we, let's stay in touch and never did. And uh, I don't know what happened to her. But, uh, All right, Layla. Yeah. My fourth pick, and then we'll just do one more round after this. My fourth pick is I can't believe he's still on the table. But I, anyway, Jeff.H. Jeff Wong is, is definitely one of my picks. And I place him, so in the Scrubs finale, there was a character called Hooch, one of the doctors at the hospital. And whenever Hooch would be on screen, Turk and JD would be like, Hooch is crazy. And then Hooch would just walk away. In JD's final, uh, you know, final, uh, you know, fantasy sequence as he's walking through the hallway, Hooch is the last one at the end of the hallway and he's in a straight jacket and he goes, Hooch is crazy. And that's it. It's beautiful. So, so for me, Jeff Wong is the last one there, the last one we pass. But what I pose to you guys and Bill, and Bill, you in particular, but if, if either of you have a take as well, what what line what line do we give Jeff Dot H? What does he say at the very end? Oh my God! You got to give me one second. I got to think. My uh, Gargamel. 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 Mm, that's Come pretty on. good. Remember his, his secret word. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's perfect. What I had in my head was, "Oh uh, yeah," but. Out of context, that doesn't do as much. I kind of like Gargamel. That's what he told us the secret. <laughs> all he says. All he says. When he was on his SWAT team, that was the code word that they gave, and then all the troops swarmed in. So Gargamel. Ah, Gargamel. You got it, man. You nailed it. All right. All right. That was round four, our fifth and final round. Bill, kick us off. Well, I was hoping we would have more rounds where we talked about Steve's girlfriends because JD talks about his girlfriends, yeah. you know? Can we, can we do seven? But we're not going to do that. You want to do seven? <laughs> yeah, let's do seven but, rounds. All right. I don't know if we could do seven. Well, all right. It's so only two I'll, more. <laughs> I'll, use, I'll use up a selfish one for myself. Uh, it's hard for me to think about all the times at the store and not think about the times that I worked there with my brother. So I think little Bill, my brother Mike, should be uh, one of these characters. Oh, that was on Rich's list. Uh, you want a pen? Little Thank Bill. <laughs> Bastards. I always remember little Bill offering to put me in a chokehold to demonstrate. I was like, that's okay. <laughs> and I always remember little you know, the, Yeah. This is like my, my Christmas every year. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. And yeah, I always remember when you, when you told him that I was going to Fordham, he was like, oh, you're going to get beat up. And then, and, then, and then you were like, no, the college. He was like, oh, okay. 
thought it was, so he thought I was <laughs> high school, four years young. He thought I was in eighth grade when we had that conversation. Yeah. And the main thing he wanted me to know that I was I was going to get beat up. So those are my. <laughs> but no, we had a lot of fun with him at the store. That's that's a great pick. That's an excellent pick. Yep. Rich, it's it's got to be there, especially because we're going to do a couple more rounds. But Jay Mizell has got to be in the audience as we walked in. I mean, Jay, I put Jay. Yeah, he's, he's, he's with us. He's with us. He's yeah. but that's fine. That's we 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 all define. We define this a little differently. For me, if Jay's walking with us, but all right, but Jay Mizell, of course. But does he say anything? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can, uh, I, I would never do justice to, I mean, I'm just a little candle next to the sun. I love that you picked Jay because out of all of us, you I mean, you had the least interaction with him. Although you were, you know, to Rich's credit, man, he was there when Jay was closing out that flea yes. market booth and he was there humping, humping with the rest of humping. them. There we go. Always yep, humping. There it is. No. And I remember that one, that one um, Christmas when we went to Dunkin' Donuts and had coffee and, you know, uh, Jay was a very nice man. Uh, he is. So, he yeah. is. He is. So right. I was as happy to what, mention as that. As far as what he, as far as what he would say, if he didn't say "by spoon," he would talk about the Latin. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I feel like times have changed. You know, that's a big part of the his documentary. But it's like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I yeah. don't know how much we can say there. Yeah. But yeah, no, he's <laughs> a very colorful, very colorful commentary. All right, your next pick, Steve. I feel like Steve's getting into this now. Look at Steve; he's well, like he's come alive. You know, look at the fire in my head. I'm going through the the list of numbers. Yeah, you know, and uh, and I can see this person <coughs> said they deserve a mention. They deserve a mention. They did. Um, I'm still only double digits right now. You know, uh, I'm going to squeeze two in because that's unfair. But number thirty was Mark Fryman. He was a young kid. Watched him grow up. His dad was a doctor. His mother Ellen would come in with him. Uh, again, years would go by. I've seen this kid grow up, go to college, girlfriend brought in the girlfriend, broke up with the girlfriend, brought a different girlfriend. And I said, gee, I really like that for his girlfriend. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, as the years went on, it's like life goes on and then they, they moved on. But, you know, Mark and, and, and the Fryman family, you know, you, 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 you think about them and said they were such good people. Um, my my official number seventy nine, Bruce Rapkin. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I think uh, I, Bruce, another gentleman, scholarly, uh, smart, big collector, really appreciated comics, old comics. Um, yeah. you know, again, good people. The kind you look back and say, "I'm glad I I got to know this guy. I'm glad I've met this guy." So that's that's nice. my. I can't believe this is another one. But you know what? I'm surprised. But it's like, that's because I'm looking at it through my lens. We all have our perspectives. And like, Steve, I, have, I haven't known a single person that you've mentioned yet. And that's, <laughs> but no, that's good. Like, that's, that's the point yeah. of this. And you know, we're representing a cross section of the shop's history. And, uh, but I still, I'm still surprised he hasn't been said yet. So I'm going to grab him. Oleg. Oleg. Oh, good choice. And I think his line, he's got to talk about the no tax. Because for Tom and myself, that was really kind of an indelible experience where Tom, you no. know mistakenly no mistakenly tried to <laughs> ring him up like you normally would and he no no tax so that's probably that's the line i would give him it's got to be no tax right yeah it's got to be that okay oleg all right that, that was round five i mean i'm game to keep doing this all right round six you do, go, what, do you have a, a sixth <laughs> bill do you have one do i have one yeah sure so so again <laughs> when jd was walking down that hallway he was talking about his girlfriends and i remember distinctly steve one day when i came to the comic, comic shop you said to me, if I wound up dead, 
this is who did it. <laughs> he had to be a business card of Valerie. <laughs> so I think she would walk across the, the, the scene, you know, very briefly. I'm very happy for you, Steve, that you landed with Anne, that you reconnected. <laughs> we all are. We absolutely all are. You know, that you built this life together. It's, it's really beautiful. And I mean, I, you know, these guys, you know, just due to, you know, they're older and just the, the time period in, in your life, they caught more of your romantic tribulations. I think I only kind of got like a little bit of that. But still, you know, we know like Ted Mosby, you know, your emotional endurance, you went through hell to get there, <laughs> but you made it. Yep. And uh, I'm just very, I'm very happy for you guys. So that's, uh, that's, that's very lovely. Well, thank you. Yeah. All right. Rich. Yeah, we all are. Okay. I don't know this guy's name, but for a brief moment in time, there was a guy who was almost going to buy the store. And oh, he, he had <laughs> like, Gary, Gary, Gary. Okay. He had like some American Express platinum card or some. The black card. The black card. And I can remember a couple of, Saturday mornings, he would be in there talking, talking to Sean, and I never knew what was going on. Like, was was he disabled? I mean, physically disabled, and he got money as a result of it. Did he work for the government? But I do know for a couple of months there was a theory that he was going to purchase the store. That stood out. I, I really couldn't follow the conversation, but it, it, it made an impression. He walked into. I guess he had talked to me about it once, and I said, "I this." I said, "You know what? If you offered a hundred thousand, I'd say no." ordered half a million i'd say here are the keys because i'd be stupid not to take it so i said oh, what was my number i'll say 250 or something too um he came into the store when sean was there and took one of those pieces of cardboard that we kept everything and just wrote down the number i think it was 235 and said give this to steve this is he'll know what it means and so he was offering to buy it for 235 thousand and um i didn't take him seriously uh, I knew he he had, you know, he, he always paid full and uh, he had the black credit card, which is a you know a sign of wealth, I suppose. But then he comes in with a um, uh, a brokerage statement to show me how much money he had, just liquid assets. I'm looking at it saying, it doesn't impress me. I had more, <laughs> you know, but um, but I guess he just wanted to prove to me that he had the, the cash to buy it. Um. And that's why it was, there was the, we're going to close, we're not going to close. We're not gonna, it was a real headache for me at the end because uh, if, if we were going to close and he bought the store, he'd have no product in July. So I had to crash. And you know how long it took me to do the order form every month. You know, over like Overnight, I had to do the entire order form so he'd have some stuff for July. And then, uh, and, 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 you know, you kind of wonder, is he another Jeff Wong? where the stories are half true, not true. You know, did he really f swim with sharks and tell sharks, you know, wrap them on the nose and say, no, don't do that. <laughs> you know, that type of, that, those are the kind of stories he would come up with. Um, he would whip off his shirt to show me he could do one-arm push-ups. That, that type of thing. Crazy stuff. But his wife came in, she seemed kind of normal, and said, no, he's serious. Um, and then, of course, we got that email because he didn't even have the balls to come to me to say, I don't want to buy the store. But the, the balls to say, what, you say X hundred thousand dollars, why do you think it's worth that much? And I never even had the chance to say, you're the one who's buying it. You're the one who's had the independent auditor come in, take an inventory, and, and tell you what the value of this stuff is. But, uh, yeah, boy, that guy. Yeah. He's uh, condemned to hell. 
No, that's a key figure. So isn't in that a, good? I, I triggered something and look at the... Yeah, no, that's a good pick because, yeah. I mean, that's especially when you're talking about the ending of all of this. No, that is key. All right, your next pick, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I just threw everything out of my head. Um, Thanks, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. Golly. We you hear who comes next? Uh, are we going to do one more round after this? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, remember Alan Dongy? Yes, Alan Ooh, Dingy. Oh, yeah. Oh. I thought it was Dingy. We yeah. all thought it was Dingy. And then was it you who corrected us? It's Dongy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's French. Yo, on Scrubs, there's the doctor who they call Beardface. And he's like, it's Beard Face, damn it. That's like this. <laughs> there you That's go. Perfect. And it, it, could his line be, it's Dongy, damn it? Can we give him that? All right. Yeah. Yeah. He was ex Marine. Good fellow, but. Uh, Hard with money management. Yeah. Yeah, you felt bad. But, uh, All right. I basically had to cut him off for the sake of his family. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. All right, my next pick, he was not on my list. He only popped into my head now. Gresham. Oh, God. So for anyone... He was, that's the guy who would like, look at the books and the light. That guy, Gresham Gregory? Yeah, so for anyone who... We've, we've told the story before, but uh, for anyone who, who knows the... Uh, yeah, number one away. For anyone who knows the movie Clerks, it's like the 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 milk lady, the person who's just like standing there uh, with the refrigerator open, like going through all of the of of the milks, trying to find the one with this like magical uh, expiration date that's like months down the line. That was like him examining each book. I mean, we joke about Rich like searching for the Rich Roney copy, the Roniest copy, but no, this was like an hours long process of going through each one. That was painstaking, but that was. Again, that was like kind of a, a, a very distinct figure in all of this. So I'm growing Gresham. Okay. All right, that was round six. I mean, how, you guys tell me, how many rounds do you want to do total? This is our seventh round. You, do you want to wrap it up here or do one more after this? How many do you have on your list? Uh, I've easily got five more names. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we could just go through a couple. You know what? How about this? Let's do eight because Scrubs ran eight seasons. This podcast has gone eight years. Eight's a good number. Let's go eight. So we'll do two more rounds. Oh, man. All right. Bill, you're up. I don't know if I have two more rounds. So I'll, I'll, I'll work on it. Can we borrow how about, Let's borrow Ridges. Yeah. How about a, a, a duo? Uh, so when I worked at the comic shop, early on, there were a lot of other employees. And I don't even know if you know about or you've even talked to. So two that come to mind because of two funny stories or just funny things I remember. There was little Frank... And I don't remember his last name, but he was famous for calling Steve's dad, Daddy-O. And I think that's where the Daddy-O name came from. And then there was little Drew, who also worked there, who was very famous for ag- antagonizing Metalhead with the You Save Computer Lives. You know line. what I do! <laughs> there you go. I don't think I ever met little Frank, but no, I, I definitely knew little Drew. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember little Frank at all. He, I, I can't think of his last name. He also went to Fordham Prep. I could probably figure it out. Did he get beat up? Um, no, he didn't get beat up. But uh, nice guy. Uh, but he used to work there. And uh, yeah, he called your dad Daddy-O all the time. Oh, wait. He wasn't so little. He was no, a, he was a big... He, 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 he called him little because of a big, a Frank, big Frank who was also oh, at the okay. store. Yeah, yeah. Th- no, this guy was... Uh, uh, he was a tall guy, actually. Yeah, tall, tall, tall guy. But... Uh, yeah. He got very into a, a Japanese martial art using uh, something called naginata. It's like a gigantic spear. Um, oh. But, uh, yeah, okay. 
All right. Yeah, back then we had a lot of little and the bigs. We had yeah. Big Drew, Little Drew. We had Big Frank, Little Frank. Yeah. Big Bill, Little Bill. I know. You're the king of the little littles thing. here. You had Little Mike on your yeah. list. On your Sorry, list they're, just coming to, they're just coming to mind. It's beautiful. All right, your next pick, Rich. Um, I'm going to go with Steve Chen. Oh. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, anyone that puts um, Arthur Murray dancing steps on the floor uh, makes an impression in my mind. Yeah, he was a Anybody a who puts a five dollar bill in the one dollar bill pile puts an impression in my mind. <laughs> That's something he would do a lot. So he owned the store with you for for how long? About a year. And where'd you find him? Or how'd you come in? Oh, he used to own New City Comics with Haymont. Oh, oh Haymont. And um the the pretty much there was a period where when Brandon and Prem were the owners. And I think the the store was struggling along. Um and uh, it, c- it occurred to me to, to buy the store back. But I knew I couldn't do it alone. Or I didn't think I could do it alone. And since uh, he had sold New City, I figured, okay, you know, we could... Uh, and he knew what he was... I figured he knew comics. Heyman said I shouldn't have hired <laughs> got no involved with him. But, but uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was how that association started. Steve, I feel like Rich has had the most interesting, unexpected picks. It's a yeah. great, very Steve good. Chin is an interesting one. Everyone's list has been great. I, I mean, but yours, I've been most surprised by. But they're very like these are key people. Well, very nice. I, I listen very. You said, you know, it's not going to be the core group that goes to dinner with us. Who made an impression at different points in time? So, Steve, your next pick. Yeah, you know, again, I wish I had uh, uh, had a list. Name case popping into my head and then flying right out. So uh, I'm going to pass this one. You can't Come pass. Back. You gotta pick somebody. <laughs> Come on. Um, uh, you talk, and I'll try to. I won't listen to what you're saying, and I'll try to think of who it was that came to mind. Okay. All right. We'll switch. We'll we, just for this one. We'll switch. We'll switch the order. Oh, that puts me. Uh... <laughs> no, you know what? I gotta go. I, it was one of my one of my core stories that I shared. I gotta go with you're a bitch guy in part because it's just like the per- the line is right there. So it's like you're walking down, and it's just like you're still a bitch. Like that that guy's there. You're a bitch. That probably didn't give you enough time. <laughs> no, no. You know, something just came to mind. Another crazy. Uh, Willie Lily, which I don't know. It might have been before your time or... Uh, Willie Lily. Willie Lily was a big fellow, looked like a serial killer. Long, blonde, stringy hair. Um, Sounds like a comic book character. Well, it was Brandon named him Willie Lily. I think his name oh, was... There you go. Been, <laughs> but uh, he came to the store one snowy night... And uh, I think he was wearing sandals, but he's standing there in front of the door. We were closed, you know, and uh, he's just standing there looking in. <laughs> and it was kind of creepy, but uh, that that uh, that left an impression on me. There you go. All right, that was round seven, our eighth and final round, guys. Here we go, Bill. Is it our final off. round? It's our final round. Oh, let me just look really quick. I got a lot of people written here. Prem doesn't count, right? Because he's one of the guys? Yeah, he's one of the crew. I know, but he could be saying, thanks, mom. Thanks for nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't, I mean, I hate to, I don't have any like big people that I want to throw out anymore. Eight, eight, eight deep is a lot. Um, How about the mailman who used to come in all the time? And I can't remember his name, but it was the same mailman. We would always talk to him. I like that guy. He should be in the final group. That's nice. Uh, Well, unsung heroes are the mailman, UPS, because UPS Jimmy wasn't our UPS guy, right? No. No. Yeah, he just came in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. Right on. 
Well, thank you for your list, but there you go. All right, your final pick, Rich. Reggie. Reggie. Oh, Reggie. Yeah. Did you talk to Reggie a lot? A Who's few Reggie? times I did. Oh. A few times I okay. did. I remember he moved to northern Westchester. Yeah. He drove down, and, and yeah, it was uh, a few times we spoke about common interests in comics and TV shows. So Reggie stood out, real decent guy. You filmed him one of the days I was chatting with him. Yeah, he was always like in a dress shirt, and t- right? Well, he was in a suit because he, yeah, he yeah, worked yeah. for, I think, a pharmaceutical company. And Steve never recognized him anytime he came. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, that's a callback to when you didn't recognize Rich Roney in his suit. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, he had a Corvette. He, had <laughs> he a cor- already forgot. He, he had a Corvette that he was very proud of. And he was also, he used to joke about how he never let his son drive it. Uh, okay. All right, your last pick. Safari King. Um, again, I think this is before all your times, but we used to get the, uh, weekly publications or the monthly publications from Krause publications, uh, you know, the comic buyer's guide newspaper, the sports card newspaper, the, uh, toy, toy shop news, I think it was called. And, uh, at the, this is before the internet, right? So you have, uh, basically a publication that comes out with print ad printed ads and you pour over this thing and find some action figure or whatever that you're looking for and you contact some guy, dealer in Missouri and hope that by the time the publication got to you, you know, the guy still had it, that type of thing. That's how we used to do mail order. And um, this guy would come in, you know, we'd get a bundle, brand new bundle of uh, 10 or 15 copies and he never, you know, we used to cut it, cut out the bundle, cut the string off the bundle and put it on the counter but he would always take one right from the middle because he wanted one that was never touched by human hands. And he used to come in religiously to, to buy it brand new uh, whenever it came out. And again, he is another guy who passed away. And one of his buddies came in one day to tell me that he had passed away. And, uh, but he had this white, looked like a leopard coat, like a, like a safari jacket. And, uh, you know, white with the black spots. So uh, we used to call him Safari King. I don't even remember his real name. I know a lot of customers, you know, by nickname or by number, but we're Safari nothing King's at all. a better name anyway. Yeah. Oh, thank you for the, thank you for the list. All right. My, my last pick here, I was, I was going to go more in the jokey vein and select Rough Lover because that was such a, that was a, that was a really iconic story to me, at least from my time at the store, but Instead, I'm going to go with the more heartfelt and shout out to Tom O'Sullivan because Tom, he was just one of those customers there, never a problem, like just like a nice, like a normal, pleasant guy. He has been another one who has been following what I've been doing over the years. He's come to screenings. I know he goes to all. Oh, yeah, now he's gotten really friendly with Mark. Uh, but, you know, and, and he even when I interviewed him for the first documentary, he talked about how sometimes he'll just, you know, he would just eavesdrop on a conversation. He wouldn't necessarily kind of be partaking per se, but that, you know, he, he enjoyed that, uh, and everything. And so again, he was one of those like just steady, dependable re- Wednesday regulars, uh, and just a super nice guy. And so shout out to Tom O'Sullivan. We played it straight for the last one. Mm-hmm. The rough lover was, that was tempting, but sorry <laughs> for anyone who's listening to this for their first episode. They're like, this is rough lover. story. go back to season one. All right. You know, when I think about kind of any regrets that I have about the store. Honestly, the only regrets I have are, are I wish there are certain things I wish I had done sooner. I wish I had started going out 
to dinner with you guys sooner. You know, we've talked about this so many years of the invitations and it was really just like shyness on my part where, you know, I would always decline. And then once I started, we well, always thought your mom cooked so well that you said, <laughs> I'd rather have my mother's cooking than to go out with you guys and take my That's shot. That's what he told me. He's not going to go to pizza and brew. His mother makes a much better meal. He's, it, it, I mean, maybe deep, maybe there was a part of me that was, I mean, I don't know that I was necessarily like the, yeah, I mean, I didn't go out to eat a ton and maybe that was part of it, but no, I was more really just the shyness. So it's like, I wish I had gone out to dinner with you guys sooner. I wish I had gotten behind the counter sooner, work in the register. Not that I refused it per se, but I definitely could have done that sooner. And it wasn't until probably like end of high school or early college. And again, that too was probably the shyness of like, you know, cause I was happy, you know, organizing the back issues, you know, off to the side and to kind of be like the person, you know, steering the ship. Uh, maybe that was a little daunting. Uh, again, as the years went on, I got past that shyness and it's like, I loved, like, I love being behind the counter and kind of running the store for the day and, and talking to everybody. But I wish I had done that sooner. And I wish I had started the podcast sooner. It's like, it took the store closing to do this. And yeah, it gave us a lot of juice for that first season and everything. But it's like, we could have been doing this for years, talking about whatever was going on at the shop or whatever we were reading. And, you know, I just wish I had done it sooner. So like those, those I think are the main regrets at the last supper, the big dinner we had when the store was closing. I wish I had not, not in a morbid weird way, but I wish I had said more of a farewell to people. Cause I think all of us, not you, Steve, you, you were the most realistic about all of this, but I think for so much of it, it's like, Oh, I'll see you. I'll see you. I'll see you. But it's like, and not that I would have been like, have a good life, but more kind of, I wish I had taken the opportunity to maybe just say like, Hey, really enjoyed this, this time that we share or, or whatever, but kind of recognize that this really was the last time. And cause most of those people I've not either I've not seen, or maybe it's just like fleeting, you know, here and there. So I would have done that. So I think when I think of regrets, like those are the only real things that come to mind. What about, do any of you have any lingering regrets when it comes to your time at alternate realities, Rich? I, I can't think of any. I can't. I mean, if life had been different and I didn't have to travel as much as I did, I mean, there were times when I would spend a weekend in Dayton or Milwaukee or Little Rock, and um, it denied me the opportunity to go to the store and hang out on a Saturday. But getting away from the regrets... My God, I loved I loved Saturdays at the store. I mean, there were times I'd wake up, I'd have take a shower, have breakfast, I have a cup of coffee, and I'd go right to the store, and I'd, I'd you know be at the store from ten in the morning till I went back home at ten or eleven at night. Yeah, wonderful. What about you, Bill? Any regrets? Um, I don't think I have any regrets, uh, but I will just to circle back to something that we said early on. You know, Steve, you said something about like that Confucius uh, saying about like your second life begins when you're whatever it is. Um, I guess I'm on my second life at this point, um, and I recognize that. But I recognize also that alternate realities was the best time of my first life for sure. No, that's a good one about you, Steve. Hands down. Regrets? How I mean, much I, time I, do we have? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I guess I, I look at it a little differently. I said this is the way my life rolled along, you know, and things happen the way it's supposed to. Um, uh, I, I didn't marry certain people because it wouldn't have worked out. So thank goodness it didn't go that way. Um, um, no, I guess I, I can't say there are regrets. You know, this is, this, this is what life was. I think, if anything, going back to that whole second life starting, 
I think at this point in my t- in my life, I, I realize again because it's a it's a that is the ultimate release. It's uh, it's an understanding of how much time is left. I mean, I joke about let's have another finale, but but realistically, we might not be around for that. You know, and that's why every day now is something that that is is a good day, and try to enjoy every single one of them and. There's no reason to like you know I, I cut cut out the Mountain Dew after I, after I close the store because it was again that's another thing it was killing me, but at this point instead of doing it once a week or once every two weeks, it's like you know what life is short. If I want to have a Mountain Dew, I don't have to have six of them, but I can have a Mountain Dew and enjoy it. I can have a a, a popette if I want, you know. And uh, it's like why not? It's like I you know I I don't want to be on my deathbed saying I. I wish I had that last mountain too, yeah. which is with, with the rabbi collection <laughs> when I got sick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm in the chair. I think I wish I had a mountain too. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, there are you no. Can't start, huh? Yeah, you got to stop thinking about death now. You're going to be a grandfather. Yeah, I know. I don't want to hear that. It's, shit it's actually uh, I'm putting money away for college now. <laughs> And, so, and you know me, so I've already put a lot, a lot of money away just because uh, it's going to be ridiculous. But um, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a whole new world. Steve, I can think of one regret you have. Which one? <laughs> the you, last customer. You were smoking? <laughs> yeah, well, that's my regret. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the last customer, I'm, I think you regret not taking the book and ripping it up right in front of him and throwing the, the pieces of paper on the floor. No, I didn't, I didn't need to physically do that. I think I, I, I'm a little upset after the fact to find out that he came back later and somebody sold it to him. Steve, Steve Ryan sold, sold it to him. You know, I wouldn't have sold it to him. So, uh, but I'm glad it happened. Honestly, it's not a regret. I'm so glad it happened. This, it, it was a sign from a higher power because that I was going through that thing. Maybe I shouldn't close the store. And oh, he sent me a message by sending me this guy who pissed me off so much. I said, okay, I will not reopen the store. You can blame him if you're upset that there's no store. But um, No, I blame Bill because Bill was the one who really got that move out going. If, if Bill hadn't come in, you'd probably still be taking stuff out of there. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but the One beauty, truck load at a time. <laughs> but the beauty of it is that so many people that know me so well were in the store helping close out. And so they were there to witness the whole thing. Like Pellerito, I think, thought was the funniest thing. He was so glad to be there to, to witness it. Because if you tell a story like that, nobody's going to believe it. I thought, what a wonderful way to end the, end the, uh, and the story. And you've got another regret. Not checking your Amex receipts a little earlier. Oh, that was not... Oh. Well, again, it worked out well. Really? Do you remember that? The whole thing with well, the we Amex? Got, that's when, yeah, when, when Metalhead set it up wrong, right? And it was going into the wrong account. And then we got this windfall of cash, right? Yeah. Yeah, for... for, for because it was the, it was the rabbi collection, right? They yeah. they paid for it, and I was I was expecting a couple thousand dollars to be coming in, and I'm watching the receipts. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. So I finally called American Express, and they said, "You don't have an account with us." So what are you talking about? We, you know, we have I have I have every because I save everything. I have every receipt for the past God knows how many years. So I had to fill out the forms, send them copies of every receipt, and then one day thirty five thousand dollars appears in the bank. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, this is a good business. Amazing. <laughs> so, no regrets. <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> Rich, do you have any more? You seem to have a lot of, you have the running list of Steve's regrets. Do you have anything else? 
Oh, yeah, there's one <laughs> one more regret that Steve has. Not learning how to uh, properly put in the timestamp on a VCR tape. Oh. Well, again, you know, it's a, before, this is before DVDs. Right? Yes, yeah. yes. So we had the, VH, the VHS tape thing. And um, I would buy all these blank tapes and I'd pop it in to set it at, if a show is going to start at 9 o'clock, I'd set it for what? 859, 858, yeah. And then in theory. In theory, it would go an hour, and I'd put a couple of minutes afterwards in case it ran a minute or so afterwards. And I I thought I was so smart to do that. But if it's a 9 o'clock show, I did 859 and 903 instead of 1003. And I guess, so I had the opening credits, and then it died, right? (laughs) And I guess for for Rich, was, you know, he's in, he's in, uh, he's watching TV at home. Oh, that's a different story. Oh, that's a different different story? story. Oh, you want to tell that one? Yeah, I'll tell, I'll, uh, you finish this one, you know. Oh, well, yeah, and it's like, uh, it's one of those things that, oh, Steve's not going to be very happy. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, because, because I had religiously taped every single episode of Buffy. Oh, okay. This is Buffy. Okay. You know, and so I had a complete library before you could buy it. The, the other story, uh, I know one of his, the shows he enjoyed a lot was The Pretender. And uh, there was a girl, Miss Parker, in it, right? And he put the tape in to record it. And then we all went to dinner. And I got back home to my house and it's, it's like, 10.45, and I'm watching The Pretender, right? And it's running long. And you could just kind of tell from a timing standpoint. And then we hit 11 o'clock, and it's still going. <laughs> I thought, oh, shit, Steve's not going to be happy. What happened was there was like the Masters or some big golf tournament that ran late, and NBC pushed back all their shows that night. And the next... I came in, this is when I came in, Saturday and Sunday. I go in, and I go, uh, hey, you're going to, the thing ran late. He goes, why? And I go, because of golf. Golf? They they delayed it for golf? He was so so angry, so indignant. You were angry in those old days. He still is. (laughs) 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 I, I joke that that's what kept me going. You know, it's it's uh, dark side. It uh, if I weren't so angry, uh, it, it, it it fuels me. I mean, I, I I'm still angry, you know, but uh, I do it at the top of the hill now. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. Thanks for the memories. Yeah. <laughs> All good memories. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. You really, really you you really had a lot of stuff locked and loaded. Rich ready to got go under your skin. <laughs> Steve, I love how Steve is like, you know, like everything happens the way it's supposed to. And I really don't have any regrets. And Rich is like, yeah, how about this? And that. You got, you got 10. I got three of them. And I love too how, how it's so funny how we approach things. Cause you know, I think we were all kind of thinking of it in terms of these more like, you know, bigger picture kind of like fundamental ideas. Are we being ridiculed? No, no, it's not ridicule, but it's like, and then Rich is like, yours were super specific. Like, you know, you didn't, you missed this episode of a show and this and that. So again, we, you know, I'm sure kind of on a, on a, on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. There are things that we wish had gone differently, but I'm glad to hear that. It seems like for most of us, big picture, uh, you know, we look back and it's, it's, it's not filled with regrets when it comes to our time at the store. That's a great thing. Guys, we've been going for almost four hours and I think it's time to bring this in. So what I want to do is 
I want to give each of you, we'll do a series wrap on each of you. I want to give each of you the floor to say whatever it is that you want to say to each other or to the audience. And Bill, I'll start with you, my friend. Oh, you, you know, you spring these things. I feel like Steve just a second ago. <laughs> I keep <laughs> I everyone have, on I their toes. No prepared statements. I have no prepared statements. I think every time I think about what the store means to me, I just turn into a ball of tears. More recently, I've just become like a, you know, a mess in that regard. Um, Steve, this store meant the, the world to me. I think you know that. And uh, thank you for all the memories that I'll live with the rest of my life. So that's all I have to say. Thanks. And I love you guys immensely. It's beautiful. Rich. God, how do you follow that? <laughs> Wow, I, I know how the guy that replaced Johnny Carson felt now. I got to echo, I mean, uh, I treasure these friendships with you guys. Uh, I treasure the wonderful memories of the store. And Steve, I said this the, the closing night at that dinner, and I, I reiterate it. Your dedication and hanging in there for all those years set the stage where where the friendships I have here and probably... Dozens of others, less, let, I'm less close because, as you said, time time erodes things. But um, it was the best of times, the best of times. Well said. Steve? Uh, well, I mean, what's to say? We've said this many times before. Um, it, uh, it's, it's, life is good times and bad times, hard times and, and great times and lots of fun and laughter and a lot of tears. Um and hardships, but uh, you know, I, I'll look back and said it was it's a good life, you know. And I mean, you boys know how immensely proud I am. Yeah, I love you like sons. Yeah, I always will. Yeah, and I love um, you too, Steve. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I consider myself very lucky that you guys came into my life. Um, keep calling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, but yeah, you know, again, it, it's circle of life, and uh, we just gotta really appreciate what we got and try to make the world a little better place for everybody else. I think that's what we're supposed to do. So, um, you know, that's that's our mission. Let's let's keep at it. All right. Well said. Look, I love all of you, and I'm so grateful for the friendships that we continue to share, and. Steve, again, I know we've said it so many times, but thank you for creating and maintaining this place for us. And I know we've talked about how it was something different for you than it was for us. And we recognize that. But, you know, for us, it was just this, all of the words that we've used to describe it, the, the hangout, the clubhouse, and it meant so much to us. And it, it's, where, it's where I grew up. And I'm sure Bill feels similarly and, and, and others kind of from our generation. And I think back on all of the places where I could have spent time and people I could have spent time with, and I can't think of any better place or people. I am so proud and honored that this was where I spent those formative years. It, it meant the world to me and continues to mean the world to me. And I love that I can look back on that time with just the biggest smile on my face. So uh, again, I, I thank you. I thank all of you guys. I love you guys so much. I I know we will continue to be in each other's lives. And I hope you all know if you ever need anything, I'm always, I'm always there for all of you. Now, to close us out, I have prepared some remarks as, as I am wont to do here. <clears throat> all right, here we go. 
As we reach closing time for the podcast, I can't help but think back on closing time at Alternate Realities, the routine we would perform at the close of each business day. I performed that ritual so many times that it became second nature. And even now, as I recount it, I'm right back there again. Count out the cash from the register, run the credit card receipts, put the cash box in the safe in the back room, make sure the back door is fully closed and locked, turn out the lights in the back room, turn out the lights in the statue showcases, walk the floor one more time through the new comic aisle, past the back issue bins, cross the front of the store, flip out the lights, punch in the alarm code, exit, lock the door, making sure to push the door in while turning the key, pull on the door to make sure it actually locked, pull on it a couple more times just to be sure, get in the car, drive away, and do it all with the knowledge that the store would be there the next day, at least until the day it wasn't. And I think in a lot of ways, we've performed a similar ritual here as we said goodbye to this podcast. We did in this finale what we've done across so many years and episodes, told stories, retold stories, busted each other's chops, expressed love for one another, complained about some customers, and celebrated the place that brought us all together. I've been to a lot of comic shops over the years, probably more than most people, And I've been to some great ones. At the same time, I've never found one that has replaced or I think even really could replace alternate realities in my heart. And there's something very bittersweet about that. Because on the one hand, it makes me sad to know that I'll likely not have that experience again, at least not in the same way. But on the other hand, it fills my heart to know that we were right all along, that there really was something special about the store. And how lucky was I uh, that I got to be a part of it. It has been my honor to host this podcast for the past eight years. From the bottom of my heart, thank you all. And now, for the final time, don't be a flat squirrel. Bravo. Thank you, guys. Bravo. That's right. See you at the next one.